This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! It's one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. This could be the most dangerous show in the history of A's Cast Live. If you don't know what's going on right now, oh no, we are not at the ballpark. Oh, no, we are not at the Chris Townsend home studio, the A's away studio. We are at the Athletic Club in downtown Oakland for hours. We are going to be here all the way till the end of the postgame show. I am looking at a full bar. I am looking at a menu. This is going to be one of the most epic A's cast live. I don't know what it's going to be like at the end of the night. I just know it's going to be a party. We're having a watch party. You need to come down and see us. 59 Grand Avenue, Oakland, California, right on the corner. It's a beautiful bar. And right now they got a lot of soccer going on. Off to my right here, a bunch of Algerian fans as their team is playing. And, of course, you know, when when you get around people and soccer, the passion that they have is like no other sport. It is really like no other. So we're, we're having – you're going to hear screams going on and people are going nuts and they have the Algerian flag, so it actually is pretty cool. But we're having a watch party. So I'm going to be on from 1 to 4, and then at 4.15 we'll transition over to the pregame show. We like to call it A's Total Access. And then first pitch, come down and watch the game with us. Come down and have a beverage. Come down. They have sriracha wings that I cannot wait. I love me some sriracha sauce. So I cannot wait to get into that, but they have the full menu. Come down and watch us here in downtown Oakland. Support your athletics as they are in an absolute dogfight against one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, and that would be the Minnesota Twins. So you have said, take the show on the road, and this is what we do. We have taken your suggestions. What do you want when you're listening to A's Cast Live? And you want more A's coverage. We've given that to you. You want more love as a fan base. We've given that to you. Now we're taking the act on the road. This is the first of many times we're going to take A's cast away from the Coliseum, away from the offices down at Jack London Square, or away from my home studio. So pretty cool. And we're going to be here basically all day long. What do we have? Well, I've thrown it out there on Twitter, at Townsend Radio. What do you want me to ask David Force? Because the general manager of your Oakland Athletics is coming up here in little less than a half hour. He is going to be here at 1.30. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have David Force. Jason Turbo has written, written multiple books about the athletics. Is going to be here at 2 o'clock. We're going to have Anthony Watrado is going to stop by at 2.30. And, of course, he is a writer for ESPN.com and Forbes, Forbes Magazine. And they say at Forbes Sports, but uh, it's Forbes Magazine. Used to be a writer for uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Very good covering the game of baseball as a national writer. And then one that is an absolute fan favorite. And we haven't had her on A's cast live yet. Melissa Lockhart, who covers the A's minor league system as good as anybody. So that is what we have rolling today. Forrest. Turbo, Watrado, and Lockhart all coming your way all the way up till four. We're on till 4.05. We will have a little buying or selling coming up here at 4 o'clock. We do have one game going on here right now. The Padres had the lead, but the Padres relinquish that lead as Anthony Rizzo goes deep once again. And Anthony Rizzo, you want to talk about putting a career together. So Rizzo with the bomb puts them up four to three. Anthony Rizzo has reached the 20 home run mark for the seventh straight season. That's the fifth longest streak in franchise history. Most consecutive 20 home run seasons in Cubs history. This is a pretty darn good list. Hall of Famer Billy Williams did it 13 times. And once again, That's consecutive. Sammy Sosa did it 12, should be in the Hall of Fame. Ron Santo did it 9. Ernie Banks, the Hall of Famer, 8. So when you're in that kind of company of Billy Williams, Sammy Sosa, Ron Santo, Ernie Banks, that's some pretty big stuff for Anthony Rizzo. Plus, we got soccer games going on, and we'll start having more baseball games happening as we get rolling. All right, a couple things that I want to get into today. Things kind of changed for me. And we'll get into the A's in the bullpen. And if you heard the postgame show last night, the, the, the bullpen had been better, no question. You know, we had some pretty tremendous stats about what the A's had been like lately, this run that they've been on that has been absolutely unbelievable, where they had the best record in baseball dating back to June 19th. And the pitching really, and the starting pitching, had really been so good for the athletics. But you have to look at it for the entire year. And the entire year, the bullpen has not been great. It just is what it is. And adding up the numbers, it really tells you a lot. And I'll get into those numbers. The bullpen numbers of last year versus this year dramatically different when you talk about blown saves and you talk about losses, and we still have two and a half months to go. Two and a half months to go. If this bullpen, just think, if this bullpen had been half as good as it was last year, what the team's record would be. Right now it's 55 and 42. What do you think it would be if they didn't have all these blown saves? Just had half the blown saves. Because right now the A's are just five and a half back at Houston. They would be basically, if, if you take half, they could be leading Houston right now. Just think about that. They're just five and a half games back. They've lost 18 games. The bullpen has lost 18 games. 
If you just take half of that, they'd be in first place right now. So that's just something to chew on. But I do have to talk about what is what everybody's talking about in baseball. And I love me some Aaron Boone. If you've listened to me long enough, you know I'm not a Yankee person. I absolutely can't stand the Yankees. But Aaron Boone, who I've gotten to meet because of our buddy Roxy Bernstein, who's good friends with him, and when he was doing playoff games in Oakland, he's a hell of a guy, a really, really nice guy. The Boone family, uh, the Boone family actually, his, 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 his granddaddy and his daddy both, well, his dad, Bob Boone, went to my high school. And actually, his dad, Ray Boone, scouted me in high school. So the Boone family's been around for a long time in baseball. But Aaron Boone, he went off last night. And he now has gotten a one-game suspension. But it's one of the epic rants we have ever heard from a manager. And it was absolutely dead on. Bad pitches. It's a rookie umpire. And he comes out and he lays into this rookie umpire. It is unbelievable. The young umpire is Brennan Miller. And he makes just two. He makes a bad call on Brett Gardner. And then after a bad strikeout call to Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner, he has one of the most. His temper is legendary. He comes back to the dugout. We've already seen him this year. You know, he's a lefty. Throw his helmet up against the back rack, and the helmet shoots back and hits him in the face. This one, this one, he comes back and starts doing the traditional hit the bat rack with the bat. But then there's the roof of the dugout. He starts taking his bat and ramming it up the roof of the dugout, and the roof of the dugout starts moving. It's like, like this guy's insane. He's going to break the dugout. And the whole time, no one looks. They know that's how he is. No one says anything. And then the bad pitch to LeMayhew after that, and LeMayhew looks back at the umpire. He's like, what are you doing? And then that is when Aaron Boone starts lighting into him. And the minute you start lighting into an umpire, you are going to be tossed out of the game. Do we have his rant when he comes out? So Brennan Miller, Aaron Boone, it's tough to hear. I have the full transcript of it, but we want to play. It's been bleeped out, but it's fabulous. Okay, the main thing is you hear savages. Now, here's the deal. When you have a saying, what do, you, do you copyright that? Do you copy? When you have it like, like when, when, when Pat Riley did three-peat, is that a copyright that you do? I'm looking at a bunch of millennials, and they're like, copyright? What the hell does that mean? Uh, it's either trade. Yeah, it could be a trademark or a copyright. Look that up, Joey. Look that up. Because Aaron Boone needs to either copyright this, trademark this, because you know what the Yankees are going to do. I know what I would do. I'd start making T-shirts. I'd start making hats. Here's what he said to Brennan Miller coming out of 
the dugout. All right, you ready? He starts yelling at him. My guy. Oh, God, the New York. I'm on the New York. What am I on? New York Daily News. I keep throwing different videos. Okay, here you go. My guys are effing savages in that effing box, right? And you're having a piece of S-bomb start to this game. I feel bad for you, but effing get better. That guy is a good pitcher, but our guys are savages in the effing box. Tighten it up right now. Tighten this S-bomb up. Oh, it's the best. It's a copyright. He's got a copyright. My guys are effing savages. This is this is the line of the year in Major League Baseball. My my favorite part about the rant, my favorite part is, I feel bad for you. <laughs> hey, and the thing about Aaron Boone, Aaron Boone's like a like a really chill guy. So for him to flip out like this, oh my God. We're going to hear from Aaron Boone after the game. This is a legendary rant. My guys are effing savages in the box. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. This summer, our hats are off for you, A's fans. Grab 15 of your closest family members, friends, or co-workers and make memories at the ballpark with our new Hats Off Group package. Groups purchasing 15 or more tickets in the lower level will receive a free exclusive A's cap featuring our popular spring training elephant logo. Select games and restrictions apply. Visit athletics.com slash hats off for more information. That's athletics.com slash hats off. Next time you come to the ballpark, bring your glove, your favorite hat, and new this year, your running shoes. That's right. With the new A's stomping ground, you can lace them up and test your speed against the likes of Ricky Henderson, Marcus Simeon, and others in this great new interactive play space. This new spot in the ballpark has been a huge hit with kids, families, and even elephants. As the new area has great stomper and elephant statues throughout, Plus, there are fun games, activities, and even a full bar to enjoy at every home game. So grab your tickets to the game, lace up those shoes, and head to right field to enjoy the ballpark in style with the new A Stomping Ground, a free area for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn more about yet another fun new place at the ballpark. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. See you at the A Stomping Ground today. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. 
Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. If you're looking for a great place to have lunch and and to have a little uh, libation, we're at the Athletic Club here in downtown Oakland. Would this be considered downtown? Right? I mean, we're not exactly downtown. We're pretty, yeah. I got to tell you, every single time I drive by Lake Merritt, I just always go, wow, this place is beautiful. And I've been very fortunate to do stuff around here as I hosted two straight Golden State Warrior Championship parades not far from here down on Lake Merritt. It's beautiful. It absolutely, and we have a gorgeous day, but we're going to be watching A's baseball here as the soccer. How, How much of this? Oh, wow, they're deep into this game. Who is that? Who's who's Algeria playing? Do we know? Oh wow! See, I can barely see the soccer game. Is I I just know I have my 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 Algerian brothers over here to my right watching the game. Senegal. Oh, when you ever get Senegal and Algeria going after it, you know that's not going to be an easy game. But we're going to have baseball for you coming up here at 510. It's a watch party here at the Athletic Club here in Oakland. So everybody is talking about Aaron Boone and his rant and how he backed his players. And that's, that, that's the thing about managers. And this is going to take me a little bit later into robo-umps. I am so excited about what I heard on ESPN. I can't tell. It's like the... The most excited I have been about baseball in years. Some of you are going to hate it, but I'm going to explain to you why in the end you'll love it, and it may be the best thing ever for the history of baseball. Things change. Businesses, baseball's a business. Everybody thinks it's a sport. No, it's a business. Businesses evolve, and baseball is going to evolve very soon, and I cannot wait. But let's hear from Aaron Boone after the game, after he was tossed by Bren Miller, the rookie umpire. Just a big game, and I just felt like some things weren't going our way there early and just wanted it to be, you know, I felt like it needed to be known and nothing more than that. Do you feel like that fires up your team when, when you see, when they see the way you react and kind of go to bat for them? I don't know. I feel like we always play fired up and inspired, and um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think anything like that. We came out. Uh, focus today. We knew we had a tough matchup and, and and got a big one here in the first. And he explained his use of the word savage. You know, I always just want our guys, you know, I talk to you guys all the time about controlling the strike zone and make it hard on the pitcher all the time. And that's something that those guys take a lot of pride in as a lineup, you know, making it, you know, you may have, have your way with us, you may have success against us, but I want you to feel us. And, and they take that on every game and and uh, and it usually serves them well. Are you kidding me? You'd run through a wall for that guy. 
after he does something like that. And oh, by the way, that was a double header. That was a double header right there. And what's funny about the game is after that, after the LeMayhew bad call and Aaron Boone goes ballistic, the strike zone changed. Brennan Miller got better. And then Brennan Miller called some strikes balls. Another issue that we have in Major League Baseball. The manager comes out screaming at you. He's a human being. Oh, we love the human air. I'm over human air. Because Aaron Boone went out and chewed his new, new his, his you-know-what. He changed his strike zone. He changed how he was calling the game. He was influenced by the manager. He's supposed to call a strike zone based off what he sees for both teams. But he changes it because the numbers proved it out. I can get those numbers for you, but the numbers proved out. And he started calling some, he started calling some pitches that were strikes, that were shown as strikes. You know the strike percentage? They were shown as strikes, but he called them balls. And the Yankees would sweep the doubleheader. 6-2-5-1. Do we have a score? Do we have a score? My Algerian brothers over here are going nuts. I can't see exactly what is going on. And for the New York Yankees, I mean, it, it, this is this is just utter dominance over the Rays. The Rays just cannot beat the New York Yankees in New York. It is just unbelievable. The Yankees have absolutely dominated them. Yankees have won 32 of their. This is going into this game, into this double dip. The Yankees have won 32 of their 43 games versus the AL East this season, including 10 of 15 versus the Rays. So make that now 12 of 17 they've won from the Rays. The Rays just, they just, they pucker when they get into Yankee Stadium. And their pitching staff they get into Yankee Stadium, and they just can't get anybody out. And so right now, they have opened up an eight-game lead the Yankees have in the American League East. Cleveland is four back of Minnesota in the Central. A's are five and a half back against the Houston Astros. Uh, the Nats are five and a half back against the Bravos in the NL East. In the NL Central, Milwaukee just two back. And then, of course, the biggest lead of them all is the Los Angeles Dodgers have a 14-game lead over the Snakes. Giants with a win in extra innings, they win again, but they're 15 and a half back. And something we'll get into a little bit later is this wild card. Remember, once again, businesses evolve, right? And you need to evolve, and you need change, and you cannot listen as a baseball fan you cannot listen to the old guard anymore. And a lot of the old guard are broadcasters. You can't listen to them. It's not their fault. They've been brought up a certain way. They don't like any kind of change. They don't want anything to change. 
They want the game to be like it when they were little kids and, and when they were coming up as broadcasters. But the bottom line is they're wrong. You can't te- they didn't like the wild card. They didn't like the expansion of the playoffs. They didn't like anything. They didn't like interleague play. All of it has been wonderful for a game. And when you look at wild card, you look at, and I'm not picking on my fellow broadcasters. It's just, and it's also the writers too. But you know what? I think the writers have adapted. As we say all the time on this program, we're the Oakland A's. Go watch Moneyball, Brad Pitt, adapt or die. The writers, man, have they adapted. I think they're the ones who have adapted because they're the ones who actually have a readership. They've got the big platforms on Twitter. So if they don't adapt and they play old man get off my lawn, people stop reading them. People stop consuming their product. Like if you, in a lot of these guys, a lot of the main guys, if you're going to look at, I don't know, John Heyman, Joel Sherman, these guys, these guys are going on, they're going on MLB Network, and if you're playing the old guard stuff, you, you get made to look like a fool. Ken Rosenthal? The game has completely changed in the last two years, three years, four years, five years, and if you're a writer that hasn't adapted, you look like a buffoon. Now, broadcasters, I mean, their job is to call the play-by-play, and hardly are we really getting true opinions from them. But a lot of them, a lot of the old guard, they, they just don't want to adjust. They don't want the change. People don't like change. But change has been wonderful. And later on, because we're going to go to David Forst here in moments, the wild card's fascinating this year. I mean, literally, these teams are up against a wall right now. What do we do? What do you do if you're Arizona? What do you do if you're San Francisco? Because right now, you've got zero shot of winning your division. If you go to fan graphs, you go to any of these websites that give you the probability of you making the playoffs, they all say you don't have a shot. Right? 538, which does a great job predicting elections, and I think they're better than fan graphs. I'll give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So for the Giants to make the playoffs, just to make the playoffs, 538 has 6%. See, where do they have the D-backs? D-backs, they got them at 36. Now, I'm telling you right now, fan graphs has both way lower. But for that kind of percentage, are you going to go all in for 6%? 6% for the Giants? All in? It's hard to believe. And they still, per, they still per, predict them not even to be close to 500. So it's like, what, what do these teams do in the National League? Because the National League wild card race, wow, it's crazy. It really, the only team that you can officially say has no shot in the National League is the Marlins. Look how many teams that is. That's Washington, Milwaukee. I'm just going to go in order because Washington is your leader in the clubhouse followed by Milwaukee. So it goes Washington, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Arizona, San Francisco, 
Colorado, San Diego, Pittsburgh, the New York Mets, and the Cincinnati Reds. That's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 11 teams in the National League that can honestly say they are still in the NL wild card. That's, I, first of all, that's wonderful for baseball. Because in all these cities, they feel like they still have hope. But what's different this year, and we'll talk to David Force about this next, is the trading deadline's the 31st, and it's a hard deadline. It is a really, really hard deadline. So what do you do? Because if you feel like you're really not in it and it's fool's gold, what do you need to do? You need to get younger players and help out your farm system. Do you go for it? Do you sit back? And that's what's probably making it tough for guys like David Forrest. Because David Forrest and Billy Bean are buyers right now. There's way more buyers than sellers. And everybody's waiting on, are the Padres going to be sellers? Are the Snakes going to be sellers? Are the Giants going to be sellers? You have so many of these National League teams. Are the Rockies going to be sellers? Bullpen arms that are out there. Are the Mets going to be sellers? What about the Pirates and their closer? Are they going to? So you're waiting. Are you selling or you're not? Because these teams seem to not be sure. We're going to do that and much more with the GM of your Oakland Athletics. This is the only place you get the David Force Show. You want to hear from your GM of the Oakland Athletics? You got to come right here on A's Cast Live. He will join us next. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Two of baseball's most iconic franchises go head-to-head beginning on Tuesday, August 20th. Here comes the judge. As the New York Yankees come to the town to take on the A's. He hits a judgey in blast into the right field seat. Don't miss out on Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and the rest of the Bronx Bombers as Matt Chapman, Chris Davis, and the swinging A's look to defend their home turf. Games 1 and 2 begin at 7.07 p.m. with the final game of the three-game series beginning at 6.37. Don't miss out on your chance to see the next chapter of this rivalry between two of Major League Baseball's most historic teams. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. As the A's seek revenge, get your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets, athletics.com slash tickets tickets. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. 
The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. How I decide whether you're still in it or not, I'm giving it six games back or less. If you're six games back of the wild card, you're still in it. Now, some people might say, wait a minute, you got a lot of team. Well, all you got to do is go on a hot streak. The Giants are showing that. You go on a hot streak, the A's are showing that. They got on a hot streak and, and essentially have gotten in the rearview mirror of the Astros. You know, the, the Red Sox are back from the dead. So I'm going to count. There's 11 teams in the National League, and there's six teams in the American League who you can say all still have a shot at the wild card. And divisions can still be won. You can still creep up. I think the only team that you can say for sure has got their division wrapped up unless something historically goes bad as the Dodgers. Everybody else is in shouting distance. Everybody. I think the Rays could still make up. Cleveland can. The A's only five and a half back. I mean, everybody's got a shot. Do we have them? It's now time for the David Force Show, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. The only place you can hear the David Force Show is A's Cast Live and A's Cast. David, how are you? What's going on, Chris? How are you doing today? We're doing well. We're at the Athletic Club here in Oakland. We're going to have a watch party and hopefully watch the Athletics get a victory against the Minnesota Twins. How was the break for you and your staff? <laughs> we, uh, we got some nice days off, uh, kind of stayed in touch with each other and some other teams, but everybody got away for a couple of days, so it was nice. Thanks. Yeah, it's important. I know Keith Lippman, who has been with this organization for so many years, has made it a policy that, you know, everybody in your minor league system, managers, coaches, at some point everybody needs a break. I think that is just a brilliant idea because people don't realize if you don't recharge the batteries, you're really going to drag in the second half. No, you're right. And, uh, yeah, Keith's done a great job in the minor league system making sure everybody does get those days off. And, um, you know, we got a little time here. Our players did too. And it was nice for them to come back to a 5-0 and homestand. All right, so I just charted it out. I'm saying six games back or less, you're still in the wild card. So that puts, a, <laughs> that puts 11 in the National League and six in the American League. And right now, I bet it's a pretty tough dance for you and your staff because I'm sure when you're making phone calls, there's still teams out there that don't know yet if they're buyers or sellers. Is that why we haven't seen a whole lot of action yet? I think that's probably one of the reasons, sure. Um, there are a lot of teams in it, which is great. It's great for the game. I think that's what, uh, that's what MLB wanted when they created the second wild card, and you've got uh, a lot of fan bases still in this thing uh, late in the season. But that said, uh, as we get closer to the 31st, uh, you certainly do have some teams who, who aren't quite sure where they stand, some trying to straddle that line between seller and buyer. 
and uh, I, I think I think what happens over the next 10 days is probably going to be pretty meaningful for some clubs, and, and you may see a lot of activity those last 24 to 48 hours. How about Homer Bailey? You pick him up from Kansas City, he goes six innings, he only gives up two, strikes out six, he gets the win, exactly what you want from a new guy. I think he threw the ball well for a guy that David hadn't pitched since July 4th. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big part of that. I think he had pitched almost two weeks. Uh, that Sunday morning that we traded for him, he had actually gone out to the bullpen to start his his pregame routine. Um, so, no uh, no surprise, he had to knock a little rust off there in the first couple innings. But uh, this guy's been around for a long time. He's you know he's an intense competitor. He's had some really good seasons. Uh, he's pitched in the National League his whole career. So we're hoping maybe sneaks up on some of these American League teams that haven't seen him. What was it about his last five to eight starts? What did you see? What did you like that said, we need to pull the trigger on this guy? Yeah, I think I said the day we, we traded him that he had, uh, you know, like a three-and-a-half ERA since June 1st. He just he really started to, to go deep into games, basically do exactly what he did for us on Wednesday. He, he didn't walk anybody, got his team deep in the games. He's using that split finger for swings and misses uh, and, and just doing a number of things that we, we really need here to, uh, to get this starting rotation over the hump and, and get the ball to the bullpen. So when you're making phone calls around right now, what what is out there that you think could po- potentially be available for you or somebody else? What's it? Because is it starting pitching? Is it relief pitching? What's the hot topic out there? You know, this time of year, everybody sort of feels like they could use an extra bullpen guy. I think that's probably uh, the majority of conversations going on around the game right now, likely about bullpen because it's it's an easy place to to add a. Uh, add a player, add something to your club. Um, but but my sense is that everybody's being talked about. There's some starting pitchers out there, uh, some high-profile high guys, um, and there are teams looking for bats too. I, I don't know that it it sort of lends itself one way or the other uh, when you talk about the whole game. So uh, there's going to be a lot of conversations. I, I can't say whether there's going to be a lot of action in the next uh, you know 12 days or so, but uh, there are a lot of teams talking. And when I think about your club, I mean, getting Bailey was huge. Could you see yourself adding more pitching? We do. We were hopeful. I mean, anytime we're in this position, and, you know, we talked about this a year ago, about how uh, how precious any playoff opportunity is. And uh, last year when we went out and added Familia and Rodney and uh, made an impact, you, you saw what it did the last two months of the season. So, Anytime you're in the position we're in, you, you hope you can add guys. It, it takes two takes two to make a deal, and, and we've already done it once with Kansas City, and uh, hopefully something comes up. You just you just never know how it's going to play out. And, and this year, as we've talked about a lot, you don't you don't have that that sort of escape patch of the uh, the August waivers. So everybody's going to have to figure it out by uh, midday on the 31st. You know, David, I, I found something out today that I didn't know about that back in 1986, they changed the deadline from July 15th to the 31st. Can you imagine that the deadline would have already come and gone if we were back in the 80s? Man, I'd be getting a lot more sleep if the deadline had already come and gone. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I knew that. And then there's been conversation the last couple of years about uh, about moving it up. I mean, we've actually talked about moving it back and moving it up. So I think it's it's always going to be out there. 
Um, July 31st seems, I think, to a lot of people like a really good two-thirds marker of the season. Um, but I think everything is up for discussion right now. So we'll just uh, we'll adjust to whatever uh, the commissioner tells us it is. I, I get so many questions about the young guys who are coming back from injury. So let's just go over a couple of these guys of what you think they might be able to do. And some guys might not be able to help until obviously next year. A.J. Puck keeps coming up. And I know we've talked about this. Are, 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 are you sold on him just being a starter when he comes up? Or for this year, when he comes up, could he help you out of the bullpen? I think A.J. for 2019 is going to stay in a relief role. Um, we, we've seen how difficult it is at times for guys to come back in season from Tommy John. Chris Bassett uh, just got over it a couple of years ago and, and pitched out of relief the first season he was back. So uh, A.J. is is now pitching in Midland. He made a couple outings in Stockton. He's with Midland. We're hoping to get him to Vegas here sometime soon. But we'll, we'll keep him in a relief role now and basically just listen to how his elbow and his arm feels in terms of when we get him out there. But uh, I watched him throw two really good innings in Midland the other night. And uh, I, I think, I think he, if he stays on track, you know, relieving in the big league sometimes this year, Sometime this season is certainly a, a good possibility. How about Jesus Lazardo? Jesus is back to throwing the ball down in Arizona, uh, and the plan for him is is to get him stretched back out as a starter. So uh, we don't have a time frame yet for when he gets back into games, but um, but his throwing has gone well. I believe he's out to 120 feet down there, and uh, hopefully gets on the mound for a bullpen here pretty soon. And then we have Sean Manaya. <laughs> we could just do this all day. All day. Uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean pitched three and two-thirds in Stockton last night. Felt great. Got up to 65 pitches. And uh, he'll head to Vegas for his next start, hopefully get him up to 75, 80 pitches. So um, you're looking probably at a few more rehab starts for him. But uh, early August, I, I think there's a chance Sean will be ready for us. Oh, that is, that's, that is great news. And I'll only do one more, Jarrell Cotton. Yeah, I knew there was someone else. Jarrell's pitching out of the pen. Uh, again, every rehab is different, uh, though Jarrell had the Tommy John just like A.J. and then unfortunately was set back by the hamstring injury. But Jarrell's pitching out of the pen, 93-94 for Vegas. He's, you know, we've seen the changeup. He's throwing breaking balls. So uh, we got to get him uh, on track as a reliever. But um, he's not that far away either, so more help could be on the way. How much is Chris Davis gutting it out right now? That's a good question. Um, you know, as much as we've seen Chris do over the past few years and as special as we know he is, you have to assume uh, something's bothering him. He, he's not going to say anything. He wants to be out there. He wants to help his teammates. And, um, and he still, you know, he smoked that ball down the third baseline yesterday. He still has the ability uh, to put the barrel on the ball and help us. Um, obviously, we haven't seen the ball go out of the park in a while. So um, I, I think once Chris gets closer to 100%, I think we'll see the ball jump the way it used to. We know the bullpens play so huge in the postseason, and they pitch a lot of the high leverage innings basically from the fifth inning on, unless you have a starter that, that is real hot. And I just think if you could somehow get 
Trinan and Trevino going again, mixed with Liam. Boy, that would be a really scary three-headed monster right there. It's just the big question, how do you get TNT going again? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we've been lucky that guys have stepped up. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this at various times when, when guys get hurt or, you know, when, when Frankie got suspended, we talked about guys stepping up and, and Liam and, and Sori has thrown the ball great and, and Petit has been lights out. You know, unfortunately, just made the bad first pitch last night and got beat. But uh, Yasmiro's come in in some big spots the last couple of weeks and really helped out. So it's great to see other guys step up. Uh, Blake and Lou are obviously going through some stuff right now, trying to figure it out. Uh, before last night, Lou had had a couple good outings in a row. So, uh, you know, what's nice, though, is that both guys, the velos there for both guys. Both guys are 97 to 99. I think Lou hit 100 last night. So, you know, you know the stuff is there. You know they're feeling good. Um, you know, we, we just got to get them back on track. And, and if we do, like you said, with the way the other guys in the bullpen are throwing the ball, you've got four plus five innings or so there, you know, just about every night. So that'll be a good feeling for Bob going down the stretch. And let's end on this. I saw a great article by Buster Only, who's talked to a lot of executives, and we've actually dabbled in this, you and I, about trying to judge talent right now, not only at the big league level, pitchers and hitters, but also at the AAA level, which would also make me think about trades now or arbitration next year, free agency next year, with the ball doing what it's doing, going further than ever before. How tough is it to evaluate talent at the big league level and AAA right now for you guys? Look, it's a, it's a different environment for sure. And, and with AAA using the major league ball for the first time, I think we've seen some offensive numbers that are, that are off the charts. Um, but that said, everybody's, everybody's in that same environment. Everybody's using the same baseball. So, um, you know, I think I saw somewhere Paul Blackburn has a, a 4-6 ERA, but he's like sixth in the PCL among starting pitchers. So you have some context. You see how well he's pitching. Um, you know, I, I think as far as arbitration and some of that, you know, historical stuff, that you know, we'll leave that to – the people to figure out but we're you know evaluating guys for trades evaluating guys to move up and down from the big leagues i think we know everybody's dealing with the same baseball right now and you just you know you kind of have to put that into context but uh it's different it's a different game i mean you know we hit six homers here on wednesday and uh and that's how you got to win games now you got to get the ball up in the air and get it out and uh fortunately right now our offense is well suited to that so i hope it continues well, I've stolen it from you. Ball goes far, team goes far. <laughs> and I stole it from somebody else, so we better <laughs> figure out who to give credit to uh, when we're both using that. So, But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll stick with that mantra. Uh, unfortunately, the team we're playing the next three nights is, is the best in the game right now at hitting the ball far, and they showed us last night that they can do it. So we'll try and scratch out a few wins here before heading into Houston. Great stuff. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Tony. We'll see you at home next week. David Force Show right here exclusive on A's Cast Live and A's Cast. Boy, a lot to go over there next right here on A's Cast Live. Live from the Athletic Club here in Oakland. Come down to see us. We're going to be here all day till the end of the game and even the postgame show.
On Thursday, August 1st, grab your favorite air hockey t-shirt, tie your bowling shoes, and unleash your inner child at the second annual Oakland A's Game Night presented by Chevron. Game Night will take place at Plank in Jack London Square and is available for all fans 21 years and older that purchase a ticket for the event. Activities include bowling, bocce ball, air hockey, video games, and unlimited food and non-alcoholic beverages. Head on over to athletics.com slash game night to select the ticket package that works for you. Game night will begin at 5.30 p.m. following the A's afternoon game against the Milwaukee Brewers. Come show off your best bowling pose or run up the air hockey score on your favorite A's player. All proceeds from the event benefit the A's Community Fund. Game night, Thursday, August 1st at Plank in Jack London Square. For more information, visit athletics.com slash game night. That's athletics.com slash game night. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One line and miss, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yelich! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, Joey, our producer today, is one of the brain trusts of what we do here media-wise and broadcasting-wise. You're lucky, because normally I would be, I'm, I'm not talking until the beer's in front of me. You're lucky we're being here all day. Otherwise, I would have been like, there's no show until the beer shows up. 
And as you're sitting there smoking down a chicken sandwich and I only have coffee, something's wrong here. See, that's the thing with the A's. I got to work all day long and everybody else boozing, libations, having fun. And I just like keep, keep, just keep dancing, keep dancing, keep shaking it, Townsend. It's not right. It's not right. All right, Jason Turbo, the great author and A's historian, is going to join us coming up here at the top of the hour. That's a change in A.J. Puck, by the way. And my buddy Keith brought this up, and he does the A's fan radio on the podcast. Because the last, you know, I think it was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, David said when Puck comes up, he's a starter, if you remember that. But then I talked to Bob Melvin on the Bob Melvin show, and Bob Melvin talked about how, oh, hey, listen, we're, we are pitching him every two days. I said, okay. I mean, things change. And then now we, we, we got confirmation that when Puck comes up, he's going to be a reliever. But how that works, he's not going to be like the Iron Man guy, right? He's not going to be like, like Miller, like what Miller did for Cleveland. That's not going to happen. He, he's going to be probably a guy that you throw, needs a few days, then he throws, give you two to three innings. Once again, this is a precious arm. And Tommy John's surgery, you do not mess with the protocol. You just don't. They now have figured it out, and it's not foolproof, but they have figured it out. Time is your friend. Too many times over the years, we rushed guys back in every sport. Knee injuries. Tommy John's surgery. Shoulder surgery. And the doctors have always preached patience and time. Something's going on in the soccer game. I have no idea. You realize I've never played soccer in my life. Yeah. Never. But twice I got thrown under the bus by my wife. Once... She tried to sign me up as the ref in soccer for my kids' league when they were in soccer. And I went, what are you doing? She goes, you can't do that. You're a sports guy. I'm like, I've never played soccer. I never even watched soccer. The only soccer I watched was indoor soccer when I was growing up in San Diego. It looks like Algeria has won. My Algerian brothers, as we celebrate. Can you hear it? The athletic club is rocking. And we got the Algerian national anthem being sung now. It's a great day for Algeria. That's right, boys. Don't worry, we'll have A's baseball coming up here in just a little bit. So they're, uh, they're pretty excited, Algeria with the win over Senegal. So my wife throws me under the bus one time about refing soccer. The second time... If she tells Coach Pam, now my kids are a little bit older, I had to tell the league, hey, listen, I can't do this. I, I don't know the rules. Second time is she told Coach Pam that I had time in the afternoon when I was doing a morning show. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I actually coached soccer. And really what I was, the greatness of what I led 
these young ladies too. As we lost to the champion, we lost three times to the same team. Couldn't beat them in the no four times. Couldn't beat them twice in the regulars. No, it was three times. Couldn't couldn't beat them twice in the regular season and couldn't beat them in the championship game. We finished in second. But there was two things that I was really good at as a soccer coach. High-fiving, positive. I was a high-five, stay-positive guy, and passing out the orange slices. I was as good as anybody. My role was very unique. I knew what I was good at. All right, so A.J. Puck will come back as a reliever. Jesus Lazardo coming back as a starter. Sean Manaya coming back as a starter. Darrell Cotton coming out of the pen. So with Puck and Cotton potentially there, I'm just going to say this. Some guys better start throwing the ball well. Because right now, I know Bob Melvin has confidence in Liam Hendricks. I know he has confidence in Yasmero Petit. And after that, he's gained some confidence in Soria. But I don't know how you have confidence in Trinan or Trevino, which is crazy to say. And I did the numbers for you. If you don't know, I hashed them out yesterday after the game. 2018, your Oakland Athletics bullpen was 45-17 and 17 with a 3.37 ERA and 18 blown saves. That's the entire year. Your record now is 14 and 18 with a 3.92 ERA and already 18 blown saves. This bullpen has blown as many saves on July. Is today the 19th? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. On July 19th, this ball club, well, actually it happened yesterday. On July 18th, you had as many blown saves as you had last year as you do this year on July 18th. And we got a long way to go. We got two and a half months left of baseball to go. And if you're going to be in the postseason and you're going to win in the postseason, the bullpen has to be dominant. I'm not sure if... I wouldn't say Andrew. You know, Andrew Miller's a bad example of what he did for Cleveland. You know who I'd say would be a good example? David Price, what he did for the Rays back in 2000, and they played the 2008 is when they played the uh, when they played the Phillies in the World Series. Yeah, because 2009 was Phillies Yankees, and the last time the Yankees won, David Price would come in. And he'd be that kind of weapon where he could go three in it because he's a starter. You give him the ball, you can bring him in. Because as much as all these years we've been fascinated about starting pitchers, you got to go get a starter. What we see now in the postseason is once a starter starts struggling, he's out. He can be out in the fourth inning. He can be out in the third inning. So you bring a guy like David Price in back then, which would be bring a guy like A.J. Puck, and now Puck could give you the 5th, 6th, 7th, or the 4th, 5th, 6th. He can be that guy for you. But he's probably not going to go in back-to-back games. This is a really special arm. 
one that Bob Melvin compares to Randy Johnson. So as much as you're going to want him in the postseason, you just got to make sure everything is going to be good for long term. What's best long term for keeping A.J. Puck healthy and uh, being in the rotation every five days. Coming up next, A's historian. We love having him on, Jason Turbo, right here on A's Cast Live. On Thursday, August 1st, grab your favorite air hockey t-shirt, tie your bowling shoes, and unleash your inner child at the second annual Oakland A's Game Night, presented by Chevron. Game Night will take place at Plank in Jack London Square and is available for all fans 21 years and older that purchase a ticket for the event. Activities include bowling, bocce ball, air hockey, video games, and unlimited food and non-alcoholic beverages. Head on over to athletics.com slash game night to select the ticket package that works for you. Game night will begin at 5.30 p.m. following the A's afternoon game against the Milwaukee Brewers. Come show off your best bowling pose or run up the air hockey score on your favorite A's player. All proceeds from the event benefit the A's Community Fund. Game night, Thursday, August 1st at Plank in Jack London Square. For more information, visit athletics.com slash game night. That's athletics.com slash game night. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. The memories are still fresh. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. Revenge is on the mind. Chris Davis has done it again. The A's look to avenge their postseason elimination at the hands of the Yankees. The series starts Tuesday, August 20th. Grab your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com now back to a's cast live broadcasting from the town here's chris townsend i want to give a shout out one of my favorite bars in oakland is really not that far from here it's called the 19th street station roy owns it it's one of the last bars you'll ever see where people can still smoke in it it's crazy 
but it's a great spot. Go by and say hi to Roy. 19th Street Station. Good guy. Got a good product. It's an old school bar. I'm old school. It's what I like. I still haven't got into my favorite topic yet today, and we'll do this after Jason. I've got something that really tickles me I think is going to absolutely be, be wonderful. It's going to change the game of baseball. I think there is no question it will change the game of baseball forever, and we will never look back. It will absolutely be phenomenal. And I got two ESPN baseball insiders who are going to back me up on this. It's a coming, and it's going to be fantastic. Once again, we're at the Athletic Club here in downtown Oakland. Come see us. We're going to be here all day. And I truly mean we're going to be here all day. We're taking this baby all the way up to the postgame show. It's the Athletic Club in Oakland at 59 Grand Avenue, Oakland, California. So we're going to do A's Cast Live to 405. We'll have A's Total Access. That's our pregame show from 415 to 505. Then we'll throw it to Target Field. And Ken Korak and Vince Catronio will have the game for you. We're having a watch party. There's going to be a ton of A's employees here. Hopefully a ton of you A's fans, when you get off work, come down here and watch the game with us. And then we'll be taking this all the way to the end of our postgame show, which should be anywhere between about 9.30 and about 10 o'clock. So as we wait for Jason, are we struggling, efforting? Okay. That's all right. It is all right. By the way, I saw this, so I get Stathead sends me an email every single day. They send me one for the NFL, and they send me one for baseball. And right now, they're going over the top trade acquisitions since 1986. Because in 1986, how many of you remember? I didn't remember this. But 1986 is when they they changed the trading deadline. They moved it from June. I screwed up with David. I said it was July 15th. It was June 15th. Wow, a month and a half. Sorry, David Force. I had bad info. I think you knew what I was talking about, though. June 5th. So think about that. June 15th was the trading deadline. It would have already been gone. Come and gone over a month ago. So they switched it from June 15th to July 31st. I actually like the idea of June 15th. And let me tell you why. And this is what I don't like about I didn't like about the waiver process. Teams waiting for it. I mean, if I'm going to trade for a guy and I'm going to give up assets for the guy, no matter what the assets are, I want him here for as much as I can have him. If I want a pitcher or I want a hitter, why do I want him in August when I can have him in July? And if you look back in 1986, you could have him in June. That literally gives you three and a half months when you trade for a guy. Three and a half. And they have at number eight 
their eighth best trade was actually Rich Harden to the Chicago Cubs. Because Rich Harden went 5-1 and one with a 1.77 ERA for the Cubs down the stretch in 2008. And the Cubs won 97 games, but they would get swept by the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs. So Chad Godin would also go to the Cubs for, for Sean Gallagher, Matt Merton, Eric Patterson, and wait for it, Josh Donaldson. I'll tell you what, Josh Donaldson even ended up being a hell of a lot better than Rich Harden was for the Chicago Cubs. Do we have Jason? Jason, Chris Townsend with you from A's Cast Live. How are you? Good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well, and I was just reading this. As Stathead puts out, they do a great job every day putting out all these different stats and everything, and they send you the email. And they're rating the best trade since 1986 when the deadline was June 15th, not July 31st. So they moved, actually, in 1986, they moved it from June 15th to July 31st. I would have to say long-term, because of what the A's got from Donaldson, I would say the A's in the end really won that trade. Well, anytime you uh, can pick up a future MVP, you're doing okay, uh, even even if he's winning MVPs for other teams. I, I think you got to love having Josh Donaldson on your team. No doubt about it. How are you feeling about the A's right now? They've been really hot. I know we're not going to be happy about the loss last night as they had the lead, but so far, how are you feeling about them in the second half? Well, I'll tell you, a winning streak makes any random loss a lot a lot easier to stomach, right? Uh, it seems like they're putting on their, their annual mid-June surge, which has to feel good in that clubhouse. I mean, they've, they've got the precedent. They, they did it last year, and now they're doing it again without – some of their key parts in, in, in the starting rotation without Montes, they're doing it without Trinan filling his role last year and they're still humming along. I mean, I'm, I'm really optimistic about their chance. You know, the number one thing I wanted to ask you, and I know it's a very tough question and no one really has the answer, but it is a real thing ever since 2000 and, and that group of players and to where we are today. It, uh, I mean, the manager has changed, the coaches have changed, the players have changed, but yet for some reason in this organization, so many years, they get off to a slow start, and then around June and into July, they start turning it on. How does that happen for all these years? <laughs> it must be Billy Bean's secret sauce and all those guys he acquires. I, I'll tell you the one, the one thing that I, I really like about their chances this year in terms of their mid-June surge that was own, unknown last year. And, it, you know, it, it, it's still unknown this year, and we'll figure it out as the season goes. Uh, you know, my, my last two books were about the, the, the swinging A's of the early 70s, and then my most recent one was, was about the 1981 Dodgers. And in talking to all those collective players, it was unmistakable how much they learned from their playoff experiences before they won what they ended up winning. They became just stone winners, right? It, it, it took a bunch of losing before they got there. And the A's experience in the wild card last year, I think will go a long way toward getting essentially the same group of players, hopefully over a hump this year. You really learn a lot. And I think, I think they're, they're starting to put that into play right now in their mid-June surge. 
Yeah, people need to read Dynastic, Bombastic, Fantastic, Reggie Raleigh, Catfish, Charlie Finley, Swingin' A's. You did a great job with that book. And, yeah, I'm looking at Amazon right now. You can get it for uh, $10.67. So, A's fans, check it out. And I think you're right. You know, you have those just surprise teams out of nowhere that, that, that will win a championship and they go away. But the teams that have longevity – You know, these are teams that, and like the A's had to go through it first before they win in 72. And I, you know, when Ray Fossey talks about coming here in 73, by the time he got here, they had this ultimate confidence that, of course, we're going to win the World Series. But you got to learn how to win. That's what's so interesting about even most sports work that way. You got to learn how to do it in the postseason before you get to greatness. For sure. And, And I'll even tell you that that 1972 victory, the first of the three straight, almost came as a surprise to most of those guys. They were huge underdogs to the Reds. They didn't even totally believe that they could beat them, and they kind of figured it out along the way. They built up their confidence game by game. By the time they they won their third straight championship, they didn't have a doubt in their minds that they were going to roll over the Dodgers. So it is a process. And if you you look at the A's wild card game last year, they looked overmatched mentally. Like they, they just weren't ready to take on those Yankees, but I, I would be shocked if, if that was the case this year. And what's so different about baseball from that era to where we are today, how you could talk to those old A's teams, and, yeah, you had Raleigh Fingers, who's one of the greatest relievers of all time. He wasn't what we, we grew up with as a standard closer, a guy who just throws in the ninth like Mariano Rivera, who's going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Raleigh could pitch three, four innings, but they really didn't use that many relievers back in the day compared to now in the postseason. It's all about your relievers. Oh, for sure. I mean, baseball's a different game. I mean, you've got openers now, to, and, and bullpenning is a verb. Those, those A's teams carried, I think, eight pitchers in the postseason. I mean, Catfish Hunter would throw eight in the third innings. Raleigh would come in for, for a couple. They'd have a couple guys at the ready in the pen, and there would just be a bunch of offensive players on the bench. That's how Charlie Finley could carry three pinch runners. <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah, the design of a team to win a World Series just over the years ha- has dramatically changed. But, you know, the one thing that you can say about the A's now, which matches the A's in the late 80s and early 90s and matches the A's in the 70s, defense. Defense always plays. We can sit here and we can talk launch angle. We can talk about all these different things that have changed in baseball. One thing that's never going to change, Jason, is going to be if you play great defense, you got a shot. Absolutely. That, that is absolutely correct. And, and that's one of the things I personally love about this team. I mean, you, you, you look at how far Marcus Simeon has come since he first arrived in the big leagues as, you know, as one of the shakiest gloves around. And he's and he locks down that position like nobody else now, and they they're talking about how how three of the, the four infielders have have the, the highest defensive ratings in the American League, and that's that's a testament not only to skill but to, to hard work and great coaching, and and I think that's you know as a fan that's that's really what I like to see. As a baseball historian, can you think of another case like Marcus Simeon? where here's a guy that just looked lost at one of the premier positions in the game, one of the toughest positions in the game to play. And all of a sudden now he's one of the best. He went from the worst to one of the best. 
Can you recall this ever happening in the game of baseball? Not to this degree. I mean, the guy that comes to mind is Steve Garvey, who was a terrible, terrible third baseman, leading the league in errors when he came up. But he only became a good fielder by moving to first base. <laughs> Simeon didn't have that luxury. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it's, I mean, like I said, it, it's hard to root, root against hard workers. And there's no way you can go from what Marcus Simeon was to what he is now without an amazing amount of hard work. And, and that's admirable. And even if you're not an A's fan, you've got to root for the guy. There's no doubt. If, if I allowed you to play GM right now, what would you do? What position, what would you strengthen for the A's right now before July 31st? Oh, I, I think you unquestionably need a, a top-line starter if you can get him. I mean, that, that was a big deficiency in, in the stretch run last season. And, and they're also looking at it now with, with Frankie Montes going down. Uh, to, to his suspension, they need to fill that role with as stout an arm as possible. Someone like Marcus Stroman or, or even, even Jeff, or Jeff Samarja. And Samarja might actually be a possibility, but Madison Bumgarner is the guy I was thinking of. If you can plug in a hole like that, this team seems poised for a, a pretty deep run. You know, as an A's fan, how much is it, how, how much fun is it for you to write about this franchise and write about those great teams in the 70s because they were so dynamic. They were such an interesting group. They're really, not only, I mean, there's only been two franchises to win three straight World Series, been the Yankees and the A's, but these guys, they were such an interesting collection of players in a time where baseball was just crazy, and your owner was crazy, but he was crazy good. (laughs) Crazy and crazy good. I'm, I, I've said it frequently. Those swinging A's would have been an amazing all-time great baseball story if they had been a last-place team because there was so much drama and so much kind of intramural warfare between the players and between the players and Charlie Finley. But the fact that they not only won three straight World Series but changed baseball, I mean, single-handedly dragged it out of the sport we picture in the mid-1950s and right into the sport we picture in the mid-1970s, makes this one of the, the all-time great stories. The, the, and Sal Bando and Reggie Jackson and Catfish Hunter and Raleigh Fingers, all those guys just just made for an, an unbelievable collection of baseball stories for the, for the years that they were there. Can you imagine if social media would have been around for this team? Yeah, uh, yeah Reggie Jackson in his heyday offering tweet storms. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm kind of surprised it doesn't happen now, <laughs> to be honest. But but Reggie at, at the height of his powers, and he, man, he he'd make Donald Trump look like like amateur hour. <laughs> it would be it would have been classic because just, just the group. They're just I mean they were great players, but it's just all the different personalities. I mean that's something that you know it's so hard to know what you're putting together when you have these kind of personalities. But their personalities, and whenever you get down to get a chance to talk to these guys and you talk to like, cause I actually, I said that to Vita blue not too long ago on this show, like Vita, what would have happened? He, he went, Oh boy, we would have been in big trouble. Cause there's a lot of stuff that did happen. That still didn't get out about this team. That's for sure. And, and the other part is they love to tweak each other. I mean, they would rag each other mercilessly. And if they were given the chance to do it in public, like on their phone in, in, in the wee hours of the night, well, I think we would have 
heard a lot more details publicly than, than eventually got out through, through Ron Bergman in the Oakland Tribune. Do you got a new book that you're working on? Uh, right now I'm just promoting the, uh, the Dodgers book, They Bled Blue, which just came out in June. Uh, which you know, love or hate the Dodgers, it's it's another good baseball story, which is which is all I'm looking to do. Fernando Mania. Fernando Mania, 1981 was a crazy season with the, with the strike, and Fernando Mania was the real deal. Uh, the, the fact that that he was able to activate a Mexican fan base that that was still bitter over the fact that Chavez Ravine had been taken, you know, from a very vibrant community in order for the Dodgers to build their stadium. Uh, and he single-handedly created more baseball fans that season than probably anyone in history, and that alone is 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 notable. Yeah, I uh, growing up in San Diego, I got to see it firsthand when Fernando when Fernando would show up and pitch. Oh, I mean, the whole stadium what was the Hispanic fan base of the Dodgers in Southern California, and remember that was a really big. You know, football stadium, Jack Murphy Stadium, where they were packing in 65,000 people to watch one guy pitch. Yeah, it's crazy. And don't forget, the first eight starts of his big league career, he went 8-0, and going nine innings every single time, five shutouts. His ERA was 0.5. And that's, that's about that time Fernando Mania really took off. And it took off organically. I mean, this is, this is what was pointed out to me by all the people who were there. It was not a product of a marketing department. There was no preconceived notions about it. The people started that, that movement, and, and it took hold. And they loved Fernando, man. He, uh, he was instrumental in that team. And, and, and you know, it's, he was a terrific athlete. He was a great hitter. He ended up being a really good golfer. And Fernando pit, I mean, pitched for a bunch of different teams, but when you really look back, what a career and the longevity that he had. Especially since you know they burned him out pretty early on. And he, he went prematurely sour just because he threw so many innings for the Dodgers over his first few seasons. Uh, but he was he was able to stick around because nothing faced him. Like he he showed up as a twenty year old from Mexico on opening day. First opening day rookie to start on the mound for the Dodgers in their ninety eight year history. It it didn't bother him a bit. And later that season, he had an audience with Ronald Reagan, the sitting president, and Jose Lopez Portillo, the, the president of Mexico. And and later on, it, it, people asked him about it. He's like, yeah, it was okay. Nothing phased him. And and that's how he was able to go out in these giant games and just s- stick it to the opposition, even when he didn't have his best stuff. So, Jason, you're an unbelievable researcher. So whatever you research and you want to do, you let me know whether it's about the A's or baseball, and we'll go through it right here on A's Cast Live. That sounds great. We'll put them together. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, Chris. Think about Fernando. It's uh, 17 years. So he leaves the Dodgers, plays for the Angels, plays for the Orioles, plays for the Phillies, plays for the Padres, and I don't even remember this. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals. But he had some years that were just un I mean 13 and 7 with a 2.48, 19 and 3 with a 2.87, 17 and 10 with a 2.45, 21 and 11. I mean Fernando was money back the screwball. He had the screwball. 
We'll talk more about that. And we got Anthony Watrato from Forbes coming up here at 2.30. We're at the Athletic Club in Oakland. Come down and see us. We're going to be here all the way till the postgame. It's an A's watch party right here on A's Cast Live. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's stomping ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. The memories are still fresh. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. Revenge is on the mind. Chris Davis has done it again. The A's look to avenge their postseason elimination at the hands of the Yankees. The series starts Tuesday, August 20th. Grab your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballparkapp. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Two of baseball's most iconic franchises go head-to-head beginning on Tuesday, August 20th. Here comes the judge. As the New York Yankees come to the town to take on the A's. He hits a judgey blast into the right field seat. Don't miss out on Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and the rest of the Bronx Bombers as Matt Chapman, Chris Davis, and the swinging A's look to defend their home turf. Miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth Games 1 and 2 begin at 7.07 p.m. with the final game of the three-game series beginning at 6.37. Don't miss out on your chance to see the next chapter of this rivalry between two of Major League Baseball's most historic teams. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. As the A's seek revenge, get your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets, athletics.com slash tickets. Tickets. On Thursday, broadcasting from the town, A's Cast Live continues. I'm going to tell you this here at the Athletic Club. 
and downtown Oakland. I have just dabbled in the Sriracha Chicken Wings. They're fabulous. Sriracha is so interesting. It's come into our lives, and it's so versatile. And I know a lot of people, when they you hear Sriracha, you kind of, oh, my God, that's really, really hot. Here's a little tip. It's great to put in – okay, first of all, you need to try it. And you need to see if you can handle it. But it has such a great taste to it in small doses. So I was actually talking to the manager here. Because what I'll do all the time with my, as I talk about my smoker, one of the greatest days of my life, my new Traeger smoker just showed up. And so what I like to do with certain things with my barbecue is depending on who I'm serving, that's – that is always a big deal. Who are you serving? Like, if I know I'm just doing stuff for my kids, I can't go that hot. If I'm doing it for buddies, I can smoke it up pretty good. But sriracha, you just add, you, you do it to a lot of different things, to dressings and to barbecue sauces, just to get that little hint of a kick. And that's what they've done here with their sriracha chicken wings. Very, very good. Very impressed. Now, if you'd give me longer time, I'd be able to eat longer. But So that is very good. I'm very impressed. So far, very impressed with the athletic club here in downtown Oakland. I think everybody's having a good time. Come down and see us. We're going to be here all day long as we're getting you ready for a little A's baseball. Athletics up against the Minnesota Twins. Hey, the Twinkies are no joke. They swing it, and they are going to set the record for most home runs in the history of the game by a lot. Like, I I remember when it was a big deal last year that the Yankees were going to break the all-time record. (gasps) The Yankees are breaking the home run record. Oh, my God, it was 200 and – I can't – 266 or whatever the heck it was. Do we have it on there? Oh, is he here? Okay, Anthony Wittrado is going to join us here. And we thought that was a big deal last year. And now the Minnesota Twins literally are going to blow by it. Like, it was a big deal, and now they're going to blow by it by – they're going to blow by it by, my God, well over 40. They're going to hit over 300 home runs this year. And it's not like Target Field, and we know it's the ball, but Target Field is, is not a band box. It's not like we're talking about we're playing in Philadelphia here. But they are going to, and as you saw last night, the firepower they have against the A's, they're no day at the beach to play. And we do have Anthony. Anthony, Chris Townsend here on A's Cast Live. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. I I used to have Anthony on on my old sports radio station, but it's great to have on this new venture. Anthony, I don't know if you know much about this, but obviously what we're doing here, we're the only team in baseball that has a 24-7 streaming station on the TuneIn app. And not only can you hear the pregame show, the game, the postgame show, we've now started this show, which is a live show. So this is something that's never been done in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'll tell you what, after uh, I was asked to come on, I started to do a little research, 
and uh, found out what you guys were doing. I'll tell you what, you, you couple things like this along with what you're doing in terms of season ticket sales and how you're trying to attract a different fan base and making it easier for them to, um, uh, to become part of this thing. Uh, the innovation happening over there is really, really impressive. So kudos to you guys for that. Yeah, Chris Giles, our COO, came up with A's Access. And, you know, the way to explain to people, instead of just being your regular season ticket, it's almost like a gym membership. You can come and go at any point whenever you want. And once you explain it to people, people are like, oh, that's awesome. I can't tell you, Anthony, how many people will be like, it's like a Tuesday, and they go, yeah, I got off work, and I want to show up for a couple innings and just check it out and enjoy the game, and then I got to go. So it's basically tickets your way, which I think a lot of people in baseball will develop at some point. I think so, and, and I think this is the model. And actually, for Forbes, I'll be doing something, I think, on this soon um, because I was talking – I wrote a column basically saying that baseball needs to find ways to reach out to younger uh, fans. And uh, – uh, some people from your front office reached out there, your communications team, and said, hey, this is what we're doing. And I did read about it, you know, as the season was getting ready to start, about how this they were innovating this. Um, so I, I think I'm going to be doing something soon. And I think A's cast um, should be a part of that because, it's, again, it's, it's an innovation. It's a different thing from the norm, uh, from what we've always seen. And it's positive, and I think it's changed for the better. Well, if you do that, I will really appreciate it. When you're in the Bay Area, I'll buy you beers, too. Sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, I something that it, it's, it's fascinating with what's happening with the ball. Obviously, the ball is different. The ball is going further, more home runs than ever before. And talent evaluators right now are having a tough time. I just talked to David Force, the GM of the A's, about it, and he said yes. It's tougher looking at what's real, what's not. Mark DeRosa of the MLB Network was on this program saying kind of reminds him of the steroid era, whether it's the big leagues or AAA using the ball. And then I thought, since you're Forbes, I thought about the money side of this. If you have record home runs for players and they're going to have record numbers, how do you think this is going to affect free agency and also arbitration in the offseason? Well, I'll tell you what. I think what it starts to do is um, you, we've already seen the scale start to slide, right? So guys who are hitting free agency in their 30s aren't getting paid what they were just a few off-seasons ago. And I think the, the, the next evolution of, what the, of, of, of paying out the best players in the sport is going to be trying to slide that scale back to the, to the younger players, obviously, because what, what they have now – the owners in the front offices that caught on and said this is bad for business. It's not good. It's not a good way to win games when you tie up so much of your payroll into a few players who are on the decline. The problem with it is is that the owners have it. The, the, they have the best of both worlds. Worlds where there's solid reasoning to not play to not pay the older players, but they already have a system in place that doesn't pay the younger players who are their who are their best players. And you look at the All Star Game rosters and. I think something like, you know, upwards of 20 guys were players either making the minimum or still pre-arbitration. And so 
the most the, the the concentration of talent in the game is being paid the least right now for the most part, and uh, and ownership is is kind of having their cake and eating it too. So I think when you look at things like the ball and how stats are being pumped up and, and a little bit inflated on the power side, um, you know, regardless of, of if you think it's right or wrong, the fact is that those younger players are putting up numbers like we've never seen before. And, and it's not just the ball. I mean, they're, they're just better players. Let's, let's not get anything twisted here. Um, but I think it, it, it obviously helps. And you're going to see, I think, the players union fight harder because they're going to say, look at these guys' numbers. It's absurd to be paying them the league minimum if you're not going to pay them, pay them when they hit free agency. So I do think the ball in that way is going to have an effect on the economics of the sport going forward. Yes, I. there's no question. And, I, you know, people have been like, oh, my God, the, the CBA is coming up and we could have labor strife. The main lawyer has just been replaced for the players' union. We found out about that today. But then I circle back to the end of last year's World Series. We've seen almost a record number extensions for all these different players who don't want to go to free agency. And if we have all these players who have signed these extensions, why would they want labor strife? Why would they not want to play? Well, and the reason you're seeing it is because there's the uncertainty in free agency, right, And, and which is what you just mentioned. And so um, I don't necessarily think that there, there's they want the strife but they want to make sure they want to ensure that these dollars are coming to them all when when they deserve them. Because right now, um, if your team, if your front office isn't willing to give you that extension, they don't have to. And so you're producing for them at that level so that eventually one day you are paid that life changing money. Um, but it's completely up to them. It has nothing to do with you. You can you can win M- three MVP awards in a row, and if you're still within your first one to six seasons, they don't have to give, they don't have to extend you at all. And so, while it's great for players like Mike Trout, it's great for um, you know these kinds of guys who have signed you know multi nine figure extensions before they're in their you know fourth fifth season in the big leagues. That's great, but not everybody's going to get that. You look at Francisco Lindor with the Indians. When are they going to extend him? Probably, they're, they're probably not. And so, because they understand what it's going to cost to lock him up. Uh, so he's not going to get paid. Whereas you look at a guy like Cody Bellinger, who the Dodgers will probably extend, and uh, he, he's the guy who wins in that situation. But Lindor is stuck, and he's going to be an all star through his career in Cleveland, and when he's done and he hits free agency, you know what they're going to tell him? Uh, but you're going to be on the decline soon, so we're not going to pay you what you think you deserve. God, that's rough. So you just wonder what has to change because the arbitration years, something has to change to get these guys money earlier. If you're not going to pay them later the way the old model was set up, how do you pay them earlier and give them what they truly deserve because the young players are the dominant force in this game? Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right, and it's it's trending that way more and more. And I think the reason A's fans should have an interest in this is because them, the Rays, you know, those, those teams that are that are kind of the the lower payroll clubs. One of the things that they have uh, that they they've had the advantage in is is 
drafting well, developing players well, right? It's the only way they can stay competitive. So they have to be among the best in the sport at those things because they don't always have the money to pay the free agents to come play for them. So how this affects the fan base and how this affects this organization is that if you start to extend players earlier or if their payroll goes up sooner, all of a sudden the incentive to trade that guy before he hits free agency or become he, or before he becomes a megastar is decreased. And so what that means is you keep your star players longer. So it's not necessarily a situation where you have to trade them before they leave you or you have to trade them because you know you can't pay them. You're going to be able to put money into them based on the new economics of the sport that allows you to keep that player through the prime of his career. I think that's music to my fan base's ears right there because this is the thing, Anthony, for so many years people have said on my shows, you know, we can't buy a jersey because you buy a jersey, that guy's going to be gone. And, and I know I've liked to say over the, the years that it's about the, the name on the front of the jersey and winning games, but there is something about connection of players like a Matt Chapman or a Matt Olson or a Chris Davis to the fan base and if you're telling A's fans, if there's a new economical system in the next CBA that can keep their players around longer, they're all for it. Absolutely. And it, and it, it solves another problem that you kind of just mentioned is that one of the part of that column that I wrote about having to attract a different fan base is that the, the casual fan or the non-baseball fan has no incentive right now to connect with an individual player. And so, and, and that's what's selling the NBA right now. Let's face it. I mean, it's, you know, you, you're not rooting for the Cavs or you're not a Cavs fan. You're a LeBron fan. Or you may live in Tennessee and you're an Anthony Davis fan. And so when he goes to the Lakers, all of a sudden you're buying an Anthony Davis Lakers jersey, right? So it, it's, it's a situation where the baseball has done a poor job of marketing the individual player. And fans, for certain, especially for certain in certain markets, can't count on their stars or their favorite players to be there long term. If if this new CBA can be can can you know be agreed upon to where the players union is happy, I think it starts to it starts to show that the younger players are paid better earlier, which means again it it de incentivizes teams like the A's to have to trade them because the whole purpose of trading them right now and the reason why you can get so much for them is because a bigger club goes, looks at a player and goes, this guy's a two-time all-star in his third season and he's making the league minimum and he's just going to start going into arbitration. We can get that guy because he's, he's cost controlled. And so the A's deal him because they can get a huge package back and, and that team loves it because that guy's not making $30 million a year. Well, if everyone's, if that's not an issue anymore, the A's don't have to trade that guy, and they're competitive for longer with the same group of players. It is a great article. MLB is costing his players millions by not promoting them properly. How much do you put that on Tony Clark and the players' union? There's a there's a good amount of it on them because what Tony Clark should have been doing earlier is getting these guys to promote themselves. Again, NBA players do a fantastic job of this. Um, you know, you can talk about all the player empowerment situations and, and that trend and everything, and that's fine. But no one cares if they can't be invested in the players. And the NBA guys are great on social media. Um, you, 
you know, they're, they're, they're on national commercials that air when basketball is not in season. I mean, I, I just – I can't tell you how many times in the last week I've seen the, the State Farm or Farmers Insurance commercial that features James Harden and Chris Paul this week. I mean, it's it, – you know, and, and so you, you, you have to promote your players that way. And I think the players union should take some accountability on it, but the majority of it, the overwhelming majority of it, falls on Major League Baseball. I mean, you can't during one All-Star break say Mike Trout is not marketable because he doesn't want to market himself. And the next year, create a video of who he is as a person and where he comes from that gets rave reviews and, and, and not have to take some accountability because that's what Major League Baseball has done. And while I've seen that, I've seen the Trout commercial, I've seen the Javi Baez commercial, I've seen the Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger commercial, um, if you guys haven't seen those, go to MLB's YouTube and look at them. They're, they're fantastic, all three of those. But every time I see them, it's during an, a Major League Baseball game. I can't watch something else and expect to see those commercials. For NBA players, they're all over my TV no matter what channel I'm on. Yeah, and the same thing with quarterbacks with the NFL. We're always going to see – I mean, I, I'm sitting here in a bar right now, and I can tell you I've seen multiple commercials with Peyton Manning on it. He didn't even play anymore. And he doesn't I, even play anymore, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm thinking about baseball. Yeah, what do they do? It's like baseball. They they got all their television money. They got the national television money. They got the local television money. And now they've just sat on their hands all these years. There's not, That's the perfect term for it. They're sitting on their hands. And some of these contracts are two decades long. Um, but for others who are, who are kind of licking their chops, and going, okay, our TV contract is going to be up in, let's say, five years, and then we're really going to cash in and it's going to change the way we operate? Well, maybe not, because as advertisers and television stations start to see that, well, you know what? Baseball's not quite that draw. You're not gaining this fan base that's buying our products, or you're not gaining uh, a generation of, of sports watchers who are in line with what it is we've become as a network or whatever it is that they say, we're not going to, we're now not going to pay you $20 billion for 20 years of your right. And when that reality starts to hit, because it will, because baseball is dwindling, the attendance is dropping, you know, sports participation, basketball has passed baseball and youth sports participation. Now um, when they start to realize those things and it starts to affect the bottom line, that's when they're going to start to try to make a change, and it's probably going to be too late. Let's end Baseball's on this. not dying. I'm not saying that, but it, it, needs to, it needs to make a change so that its fan base doesn't start to dwindle faster than any other major North American sport. I, I totally agree, and let's end on this. The Atlantic League is trying a lot of new things, and new things to me don't hurt. Uh, it can only help bring more interest of the younger fan base whether we're talking about robo-umps, whether we're talking about stealing first base, all the different things they're doing in the Atlantic League. Do you think this is good for the future of baseball to have change? Because change in the NFL, change in major, uh, change in the NBA has been great for these two sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively indifferent on it all because, and I'll tell you why, I think it's a solution in search of a problem because – what you're really talking about is, look, you and I love baseball, so if the game is three hours and ten minutes, we're going to watch it, and if the game's two hours and 45 minutes, we're going to watch it. 
and we're going to enjoy it. The, the fan who doesn't watch baseball isn't going to watch if it's three hours and 10 minutes, and they're also not going to watch if it's two hours and 45 minutes. They don't care. That's not why they're not watching. And so I, that's why I call it solutions in search of a problem. Um, baseball's done a hell of a job marketing these, these changes, and they've, like you said, they've sat on their hands in marketing other aspects of their game like their players. And you're not going to get people to care who are casual or non-baseball fans you're not going to get them interested in their sport unless they're interested in the product, unless they're interested in the people who play the sport. And until you do that, all of this stuff is fine and good, and it's going to make a headline or two here and there, but it's not going to do long-term what you need it to do. Great stuff, as always. That's why we bring you on. And if there's anything you need to promote, let us know, and we'll put it out here on A's Cast Live. Yeah, just uh, give me a follow on Twitter. I'm at Awitrado, A-W-I-T-R-A-D-O. And uh, you can catch me on uh, Forbes Sports Money or ESPN.com. So uh, anytime, guys, any, anytime you want to have me back on, uh, like I said, I'm all about this innovation. So I think you guys are doing a great job. Be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Anthony Wittrado does a great job for – this is what we do. We bring you the best in the game. We, we, we threw this out there to you at the very beginning that we're going to bring the best guest, whether they're Hall of Famers, modern-day players, journalists, broadcasters, we're going to bring on the best of the best. That's what we're going to do. And that guy right there, what he just said is the number one thing going right now. And we'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Two of baseball's most iconic franchises go head-to-head beginning on Tuesday, August 20th. Here comes the judge. As the New York Yankees come to the town to take on the A's. He hits a judgy in blast into the right field seat. Don't miss out on Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and the rest of the Bronx Bombers as Matt Chapman, Chris Davis, and the swinging A's look to defend their home turf. Miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth Games 1 and 2 begin at 7.07 p.m. with the final game of the three-game series beginning at 6.37. Don't miss out on your chance to see the next chapter of this rivalry between two of Major League Baseball's most historic teams. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. As the A's seek revenge, get your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets, athletics.com slash tickets. On Thursday, August 1st, grab your favorite air hockey t-shirt, tie your bowling shoes, and unleash your inner child at the second annual Oakland A's Game Night presented by Chevron. Game Night will take place at Plank in Jack London Square and is available for all fans 21 years and older that purchase a ticket for the event. Activities include bowling, bocce ball, air hockey, video games, and unlimited food and non-alcoholic beverages. Head on over to athletics.com slash game night to select the ticket package that works for you. Game night will begin at 5.30 p.m. following the A's afternoon game against the Milwaukee Brewers. Come show off your best bowling pose or run up the air hockey score on your favorite A's player. All proceeds from the event benefit the A's Community Fund. Game night, Thursday, August 1st at Plank in Jack London Square. For more information, visit athletics.com slash game night. That's athletics.com slash game night. 
This summer, our hats are off for you, A's fans. Grab 15 of your closest family members, friends, or co-workers and make memories at the ballpark with our new Hats Off group package. Groups purchasing 15 or more tickets in the lower level will receive a free exclusive A's cap featuring our popular spring training elephant logo. Select games and restrictions apply. Visit athletics.com slash hats off for more information. That's athletics.com slash hats off. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I will be revealing how the game of baseball will change forever at the top of the hour. I don't care if you like it or not. It's right. Change is not easy, man. People do not like change. But this change may be the greatest thing that ever happens to baseball. Do I have your attention now? Anthony was dead on. I'm very fortunate in my career. I've covered all all the big four. I've covered baseball, NFL, NBA, and NHL. And the NHL has the same problem baseball does. Now, when we say there's a problem, they're having record profits. So there's not a problem from a sand. In the end, it's business, and it's about cash. It's how much you're making. That's what owners care about. Are you making money? And, yes, they're making money. That's what matters. But we want the business to continue to grow in other ways, where we want television ratings to be strong. We want radio ratings to be strong. We want attendance to be strong. And what the NBA did 
and it hasn't always been this way. What the NBA did, and it really fell into their lap. So as much as David Stern, the old commissioner of the NBA, gets a lot of credit, and now people credit the NBA. Look, they market LeBron. Now it's Steph Curry. It's Anthony Davis. It's Kawhi Leonard. Okay, it's not like they recently figured this out. It was bird magic. Basketball was struggling. Basketball was struggling. And what fell into their lap were two different guys who actually played against each other in the title game. And you had Larry Bird end up in Boston. And you had Magic Johnson end up in L.A. Two different towns. Both those guys fit perfectly in those towns. Like, if you would have reversed it, if you would have put Magic in Boston and you would have put Bird in L.A., don't know. I don't know how that plays out. I do know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said Larry Bird was the toughest guy he ever played against, and the captain played a long time. But the fact that you put these two guys in the perfect magic with that smile, magic with that personality, it's now the Showtime Lakers. You put Bird in Boston, blue-collar, hardcore, East Coast. Let's get it on. And it made for great theater, and it made the NBA what it is today. Because after that, here came Jordan. So they learned, hey, listen, we can market a couple guys, and that's going to carry our league. But they didn't know that before. They didn't know that before until it fell into their lap, and then they learned how to do it. Yes. How does Major League Baseball not sit on their hands sit on top of the cash that they have, and they market their stars to where you're marketing your stars to where you make the game seem national and not local. A's fans are starting to pour in. Good to see here at the Athletic Club here in Oakland as we're going to have our watch party. This is what you need to accomplish, is how do you make the game not feel regional? How do you make the game feel national? It's what the NFL did. Now, you can make all the excuses that the NFL has less games, blah, 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 blah. But the NFL doesn't really have big market, small market. The NFL owners were smart. They all got in a room, held hands, and sang kumbaya and created a product with television that they get paid an extreme amount of money, and the television money pays for a lot of their stuff equally. And then how you make your money away from the other teams is luxury boxes, seats, all that kind of stuff, parking. But that's where the NFL was so smart to where Cincinnati is not a small market. Minnesota's not a small market. Carolina, Tennessee. They're not small market teams. But you go to baseball, you go to the NBA, they haven't quite figured that out yet. The NBA, it's not always right to say, well, look what the NBA does, because the NBA has a lot of have-nots. They've got a problem. They don't like to talk about it, but they do have a problem. 
they have a problem because their young stars can't wait to get out of the small markets. That's why if you're Milwaukee, if you're Minnesota, if you're whoever, those players aren't going to stay. Once they can bounce, they're bouncing out of New Orleans. So you got to make, hey, when you draft a guy and you stink and you're a small market team and you get Giannis, you get someone like that, you got to make hay with that guy now and you got to try and win with that guy now because the odds are the minute he's able to leave or he can force his hand, we're going to see it. He's going to be gone. Shaq's not staying in Orlando. Anthony Davis is not staying in New Orleans. So you have the big powerhouses, and the Golden State Warriors, lucky, have become one of those powerhouses. But the smaller market teams, are they ever going to be able to keep a star long-term? The odds are not. Baseball can. And I liked what Anthony talked about. You know, if you find a way in baseball with this new CBA, because right now everything's kind of been done on the cheap. We don't want to pay you when you're young, and we don't want to pay you when you're old. Well, at some point, the players have to get a piece of the buy. That's the way it works. Or you have labor stoppage. So you have to give up a piece of the pie. So we need to figure out in this next CBA how to make sure young players are getting taken care of. Now, they did a good job this offseason, no question. As much as you want to question Acuna Jr. about signing that contract, you know what? This young man is now worth over $100 million. Finding to get cash into the younger players' hands is a big deal. And getting more, and, and, and maybe it's getting rid of arbitrary. I don't know why you'd even want arbitration. From an owner to an employee, it just always seemed to me when you go to arbitration, it's a lose-lose. Because no matter what figure you put out, no matter what figure the player puts out, the team is going to have to say things about the player that the player's not going to like, the employee's not going to like. How do you win your case in arbitration? Well, the team comes in and goes, you know, we love him to death, but guess what? Look at these figures. He struggles at this. He struggles at that. The player remembers that. The player goes, you know, look what I've done for these guys. I went out and played my ass off. I went out and I played hurt for these guys, and now I'm in arbitration, and they're telling me I don't run the bases good enough or my defense isn't this or I didn't live up to this standard. I've heard it from players, folks. It sticks in the back of their mind and when it comes time to leave, it's like, you know what? Let's see. To hell with these guys. I can go get caught. Because remember, when they court you as a free agent, when they court you, they tell you you're the greatest thing in the world. When Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were out there, you had the Padres and the Phillies whining and dining them. They're telling the wives, listen, we're going to do everything for you. This is where your kids are going to go to school. This is how you're going to do this. This is how you're going to do that. You're going to love this place. Versus the old place in arbitration was trying to tell you how you weren't worth the money. They should figure out a way to get rid of arbitration so you never go to that and get these guys money early. That is where this game needs to go. And, oh, by the way, if you're in your 30s, sorry, Father Time is winning and everybody knows it. But I have to get to the most exciting thing that I cannot wait for. 
innovation. Innovation is great. Right? Look what's in front of us right now here at the Athletic Club. I have a cell phone. I have a phone that I can call anywhere I want, anytime I want. Right? I got a phone. I can text people. I can go on Twitter. I can research on the Internet. There's amazing things I can do. Well, I remember when there were no phones. I remember when pagers came out and people were like, oh, this is incredible. I have a computer in front of me. You realize when I went to San Jose State, you want to know what my computer was at San Jose State? There was no Internet. My computer was basically a word processor that we called a computer. I could, type out a, uh, I could type out a paper, and I could print it, and I could spell check it. And that's about all it did. And it played solitaire. Remember the original solitaire game? That was my computer in college. Innovation is a great thing. Not only in business, not only my sriracha. We used to not have sriracha. We now have sriracha, and I'm having sriracha chicken wings. Fabulous. Great innovation. But I'm going to give you more. In sports, do you realize that back in the day, in pro football, they did not throw the ball? They did not throw the football. College football, pro football, you go back, they used to just hand it off. That's all they did was they handed it off. To then, the first quarterbacks to throw the football were the jump pass. But at some point in football, they realize, huh, we need to actually start throwing the football down the field. The first legal forward pass in American football. You want to take a guess? Anybody? The first forward pass, legal it was illegal to throw the football. Think about how ridiculous that is. It was illegal. I'm back into my don't listen to the older people in our sport who don't want change. They're not good for our game. And I hate to say that, and I apologize to all of you for saying it, but it's real. The older people in our game want everything to stay the same, and anything that stays the same dies. Adapt or die. Your sport, your business, whatever, it has to change. No one in college still teaches the same that they did in the 30s, 40s. Everything evolves in life. That's what humans do. For some reason, baseball doesn't want to evolve. The first legal forward pass in American football took place in 1906. The Italian stallion, Joey Libatori, was born that year in Phoenix, Arizona. Think about where we have evolved in football. To where in 1906, they finally said, you know what? We're going to allow you to throw the football and not run it. To where we are today. You want to go to passing leaders from last season? Ben Roethlisberger, 5,129. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, 5,097. By the way, I got to see him twice with the Raiders. Oh, my God. This kid's going to be special. Throwing the football, Julio Jones, 1,677 yards receiving. They don't huddle anymore. Think back to where football was back in the day with the four horsemen of, no four horsemen of Notre Dame, Army football. Do you realize in football, 
Back in the day, college football was bigger than pro football. Do you think the game has evolved? College was bigger than pro, but evolved. It evolved into the game that we have now. It's more popular than ever. And they throw the ball. They wing it all around the yard. You want to look at yardages from last year? Matt Ryan, 4,924. Jared Goff, 4,688. Andrew Luck, 4,593. Record amounts of throwing the football. Touchdowns. Look at the years that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had that were record years for throwing touchdowns in a season. The game evolved. Here, I'll give you another one. If I went back into a time machine and we went back to basketball in the 60s and the 70s, and we, because that game was dominated by the big man. Got to have a big man to win. The best shot is the closest to the bucket. If I would have went back in a time machine and I would have said, all right, you guys, basketball's going to change, and it's going to change to a point to where there's going to be this line that goes from one end of the baseline around the top of the key to the other part of the baseline, and it's going to be called a three-pointer. And little guys are going to dominate the game, and big guys will not be under the basket anymore. They'll be shooting this three-pointer. What would Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and those guys have said back then? Well, well, if you would have told Bill Russell back in the day, hey, by the way, the center position's not going to be that big of a deal anymore. The game was all around centers then. They would have thought the three-point shot and the fact that the center was not the focal point of the offense and that a little guy named Steph Curry will dominate the game, they would have told you you're nuts. Basketball evolved and continues to evolve. When they were, then when they were, when they were playing basketball and it was a peach basket, the best shot was a shot right underneath the basket into the peach basket. Now the best shot is how efficient are you with a three-point play. That's the number one thing in basketball. So guess what? Sports need to evolve. And robo-umps are coming to baseball. The debacle in New York last night proved it once again. Robo-ump, the technology is there. And the technology just will continue to get better. And umpires calling balls and strikes from behind home plate is going to die sooner than later. The technology that's coming to Major League Baseball is called Hawkeye. Right now they use TrackMan. Well, the contract with TrackMan is up. Hawkeye is the same stuff you just saw in tennis at Wimbledon. You saw how perfect the technology is. You hit the ball, ball lands on the ground. The technology immediately can tell you if it hit the line or didn't hit the line, in or out, immediately. This technology will be able to, every single player will have his strike zone. You will set the strike zone. You'll have the black of the plate on the outside and the inside. It'll be from the knees, hopefully, to the bottom of the letters. There was a call last night in the A's game, and I can't remember who was up. The ball was right down the middle, belt high. It was called a ball. It's a travesty. We don't know what the strike zone is. And it's ridiculous that we have a manager that's got to go out. I mean, think about this. 
You want to talk about stuff going away, useless stuff going away? If you have an electronic strike zone, which will be foolproof once they tighten it up, and it's coming soon, you won't have this. Listen to the language that was said last night at the New York Yankees game. Brennan Miller, rookie umpire, back-to-back bad calls, and then all of a sudden Aaron Boone can play as the manager, so he gets thrown out. He comes out. I got the transcript. This is what he says to the rookie manager. You ready? And this will go away. We, will, we won't see this anymore. My guys are effing savages. Sorry. The, for some reason, the NY Daily News with its video continues to refresh and screw it. It says, my guys are effing savages in the effing box. Right? And you're having a piece of S-bomb start of this game. I feel bad for you, but effing get better. The game, the guy is a good pitcher, but our guys are savages in the effing box. Tighten it up right now. Tighten this S-bomb up. That's the manager talking to the rookie umpire. Now, I'm going to sit here and say I liked it, I enjoyed it, it's kind of fun, but is, is that professional? Is that what kids behind home plate need to be hearing? Do we really need to see guys coming out, lighting up umpires? Do we need to see that? The electric strike zone will be the greatest thing that ever happens for baseball. I'm going to explain why next. And I have two of the greatest rants of manager versus umpire all coming your way on A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com want to add to your collection of a's memorabilia but can't make it to the coliseum during every weekend home series the oakland a's community fund will hold a digital silent auction through the mlb ballpark app you can bid on rare memorabilia items including baseballs jerseys bats game used equipment and autographed items proceeds from the silent auction benefit the oakland a's community fund and its initiatives in the community Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. 
From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A-Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A-Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com slash groups. Athletics.com slash groups. Two of baseball's most iconic franchises go head-to-head beginning on Tuesday, August 20th. Here comes the judge. As the New York Yankees come to the town to take on the A's. He hits a judgey in blast into the right field seat. Don't miss out on Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and the rest of the Bronx Bombers as Matt Chapman, Chris Davis, and the swinging A's look to defend their home turf. Miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth pitch. Games 1 and 2 begin at 7.07 p.m. with the final game of the three-game series beginning at 6.37. Don't miss out on your chance to see the next chapter of this rivalry between two of Major League Baseball's most historic teams. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. As the A's seek revenge, get your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets, athletics.com slash tickets. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. We are at the Athletic Club in Oakland. Come down and see us. We're having an A's watch party. And I can tell you, make sure you have the Sriracha Wings. They are absolutely phenomenal. It's amazing the amount of wings they give you, too. It's like a meal. The Sriracha wings are legit. And we are going to be here till the end of the postgame tonight. So once you get off work, if you're getting off work, 4, 5, 6 o'clock, come down and see us here in downtown Oakland. When I heard these two ESPN guys, Buster Olney and also Keith Law, Talking about robo-ump is what they're calling it. This made me feel so good, and this is going to change the game I love, and it's going to change it for the good. Here is Buster and Keith Law. I wanted to ask you about what Don Mattingly said to reporters after last night's game. Uh, Chris Paddock was outstanding for the Padres. He carried a no-hitter into the eighth inning. They break that up, but in the bottom of the ninth inning, the Marlins are rallying. They got second and third and two outs, and Curtis Granderson's at the plate. Uh, Kirby Yates, uh, pitcher for the Padres, closer for the Padres, throws a pitch that, according to the, uh, the the radar tracking system used by the Fox Sports Miami broadcast, was clearly out of the strike zone. It looked out of the strike zone when he took it, but Austin Hedges, Padres catcher, is the best catcher in baseball statistically uh, at framing pitches. It's called a strike three, and Mattingly was talking about what they're doing in the Atlantic League, using robotic uh, umpires to use his phrase, uh, and basically indicating I can't wait for that to happen. And 
I kind of can't wait for it to happen either because I just want everyone to move on, Keith. <laughs> and because I think it's so inevitable that it's going to happen. Uh, because you know what? If, if you have technology, as we've seen in tennis and other sports, why not use it? Yes. Well, this is my t- one. I think it's inevitable. Uh, two, because the technology is already at least as good as the people, right? This, this, I, I feel I've probably brought this up before on the podcast, but that, yeah, the technology may not be, may not increase the number, the percentage of calls that are accurate today. But one, it'll make those, the errors will be more predictable, right? If it's down the middle, it's going to be called a strike every time with the technology. That's not true with umpires. The pitch last night, that's probably called, a, uh, called correctly called a ball every time by the automated system. It is obviously not called correctly every time by umpires. Umpires are particularly fooled by things like framing. Uh, which is to me, which is all framing is, I understand it's a real skill, but you're fooling umpires. That to yep. me really never felt a whole lot like, but it doesn't feel like part of the game. Uh, the technology will get better. Once they implement something, it will improve because once it's in place, the league will have an incentive to continue to invest in the technology. A lot of these technologies improve simply through more frequent use. They're essentially automated. You know, the term is not entirely accurate, but people refer to it as artificial intelligence technology that can essentially continue to train itself on further examples. And then we can get away from the ball strike arguments on yes. the field are tiresome. And then they end up dominating discussion after the games comes up every postseason. Like, I'm, I'm so over that. And yet I have to, t- I talk about it because I feel like I have to talk about it because how, there's at least one postseason game every year that feels like it was decided by a bad home plate umpire. That may not be entirely accurate, but that is certainly the feeling afterwards, especially if you're a fan of the losing team. And I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about what the players did. I never want to talk about what the umpires did. If we're talking about the umpires, somebody screwed up. Yeah, and I hate the idea that, you know, they're 15, 20 at-bats every game when the batter runs runs back from home plate and goes down into video room and looks at the video and says, See? They had yes. it wrong. Yes. Uh, you know, Curtis Granderson last night, you know, has a great at bat against Kirby Yates, and it looks like he's drawn a walk to load the bases, and instead he's called out on a pitch that appeared to be out of the strike zone. I- I'm with you. I just want to get past it, and especially because it's going to happen. It's eventually going to be implemented. Yes, it is. Courtesy of Buster Only's podcast. Thank God. Oh, did you hear that? No one's going to get fooled anymore. Framing won't matter. Fooling umpires won't matter. A ball down the middle, which we saw yesterday in the A's-Twins game, that was called a strike, that was called a ball, will be called a strike. And then here's where I think it changes the game forever for the better. Because it's going to call, and this is what we're seeing in the Atlantic League, and this was the the number one thing that, that stood out to me in the article in The Athletic about what's going on in the Atlantic League, is they saw that the high strike is back in the game. Modern-day players are not used to the high strike. They haven't seen the high strike really in their lives. They stopped calling the high strike years ago. But but RoboUmp is calling the real strike zone. So what happens when you call more strikes? What happens is you're now, the whole money ball deal, the whole thing that the A's did for all these years about taking pitches and everybody, take pitches, grind out the pitchers. Those days are going to be over. 
it's going to be you got to go up hacking because if you don't, the strike up and in, this high strike outside, the low strike outside, the low strike inside, it's all going to be called because that's the real strike zone. So if you want to go up there looking, you're going to be down a 1-0-2 like that, and now you're in trouble. Players will have to get up there and start a hacking right away. If you're, if you're a pitcher that throws strikes, we won't see that many 3-2 counts anymore. You're going to have to go up there and swing or you're going to be in trouble. And what that means is more balls put in play, which is a major problem right now. We want more balls in play. Well, you do the animated strike zone and not this weak strike zone that we got now. Folks, think about it. We've got a bunch of guys who are in their 50s and their 60s who are umpiring. We expect these men whose eyesight is not like it was when they were 20 or 30 to be tracking fastballs that are going 98 miles an hour and moving all over the place. We really think that a guy who's 62, his eyesight is as good as what it was? I can tell you right now, I'm 47. I think my eyesight's still good, but I can tell you it's nowhere near what it was when I was in my 20s or my teens. Why are we relying on old men to call ball and strikes? It's ridiculous. What happens if you put the ball more in play? Because you have to. You'll see more first ball, second ball swinging than ever before. You know what that will do? Ding, 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 ding. The games will be quicker. We won't see four hours. We won't see three and a half hours. Because you're not going to see... How long does it take a guy that steps out of the box a couple times, a 3-2 count? You're not going to be seeing that. You're going to have to get up and swing it. That's what Robo-Ump will bring. And that thing we saw last night with Aaron Boone, just like what we see now with replay. Problem with replay, because some people say, well, look, at sometimes replay doesn't get. Replay does not make mistakes. It's the human beings that are using replay that make mistakes. But the great thing about what we will have with RoboUmp is every strike zone will be different. And they'll be able to put the correct strike zone on Aaron Judge all the way to Jose Altuve. And no one will, who are you going to complain to? There's no one to complain to. No more bitching and complaining, get up and hit. It'll make for a better quality game. And you know what? The home plate umpire will still be there because he still has to run the game. He still has to be there for a home plate call. You won't really notice it. You won't notice it whatsoever. And it'll be the best thing that happens to the game. It'll speed up the game, and it'll make the game more accurate. Think about a skill of pitch framing. Who's the best at fooling the old guys behind the home plate? That's a big part of the game. Is that not ridiculous? I have a skill of fooling the home plate umpire right below me. Ray Fossey's been talking about it on the broadcast, by the way, how the catchers are getting on one knee so they can have the lowest target possible because they can fool the umpire down in the strike zone because he can't necessarily see right over the catcher for low strikes. All that goes away. And what changes launch angle? What may change all these record home runs other than changing the ball back? will probably be the high strike. Because the high strike, what, what's your launch angle going to be on the high strike that's right below your letters? 
Hey, at Townsend Radio and at Athletics Cast 24, great discussion on RoboUmps. Question, do you feel this could be extended to the bang-bang plays on bases, maybe sensors and bases, balls, or gloves? Completely, easily. I don't know if I've told this story on Ace Cast Live or on uh, on the postgame show, but Andrew Brandt, the longtime VP for the Green Bay Packers, and now writes for the MMQB and also for Forbes. He's one of the smartest guys in football. It infuriates him. He says, we have a bunch of 60- and 50-year-old men who are 20 yards away from the ball who come running up and they spot the football, and they're totally inaccurate. You could chip every you – could, you could – put a sensor around the entire field just like they do the court in tennis. The technology is there. You could censor every bag. You could put something in every ball. You could do, You would know it, it would be exact. But it's funny how certain people in my business and the broadcasting business have fooled people by saying the human element is good. No, it's not. The human element is about mistakes, and the stakes are too high for mistakes. I want to know who the very best in the game is, not based on human error. I want to know who's the best by how they win or lose games. And if I take human error out, I'm going to have a better product. Definitely RoboUmp. And you have two guys right there who are both high-quality guys in Major League Baseball and Buster Olney and Keith Law, it's coming. And all the naysayers, hey, listen, the same guys who don't want RoboUmp, they didn't want wild cards. The same guys who don't want RoboUmp, they didn't want interleague play. All this stuff has been good for the game of baseball. So don't listen to people who say they don't want change. They just don't want change selfishly. But for the business of this sport and the popularity, like I said, you get RoboUmp, I can't wait to give it. Dave Cavill, if you're listening, I got a great idea to make us money. I got a great idea to lure millennials into our game. Next time I see you, Dave, for the build, I'm going to give you my idea. She covers the minor leagues better than anybody for the A's. Melissa Lockhart from The Athletic is going to join us. And does she agree on how A.J. Puck could get used this year in the postseason? You'll find out next right here on A's Cast Live. This summer, our hats are off for you, A's fans. Grab 15 of your closest family members, friends, or coworkers and make memories at the ballpark with our new Hats Off group package. Groups purchasing 15 or more tickets in the lower level will receive a free exclusive A's cap featuring our popular spring training elephant logo. Select games and restrictions apply. Visit athletics.com slash hats off for more information. That's athletics.com slash hats off. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com slash future for more information. 
The memories are still fresh. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. Revenge is on the mind. Chris Davis has done it again. The A's look to avenge their postseason elimination at the hands of the Yankees. The series starts Tuesday, August 20th. Grab your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stopper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. I think back to the 2008 postseason when David Price was coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs for the Rays and how that worked. Could A.J. Puck really be that guy? We're going to hear from Melissa Lockhart from The Athletic and what she believes will be the best roles for these guys and who might be good potential for David Forrest to trade in the minor leagues. Who's the good trade bait? You know, some guys are blocked. Noisy is blocked. There's certain guys who are blocked right now. So if a guy's blocked, what is he worth and what can you get for him? And we have Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on A's Cast Live. Hey, how are you? We are doing well. You know, we had the GM, David Forrest, on earlier, and we were talking with him, and you've seen A.J. Puck, and we asked him about his role in 2019. What will that be when he is ready? And he sees it coming out of the bullpen. How do you feel about A.J. Puck being a reliever for the Athletics? You know, I actually asked him about that a couple weeks ago in Stockton because he's obviously been a starter pretty much, you know, throughout the last several years of his career. Um, and he mentioned his freshman year at Florida. He was a reliever. He had been a tandem starter his sophomore season. So it's something he's familiar with. Um, you know, the fastball slider combination uh, is definitely a combo that will, will work really well in a short relief type situation. And I think it allows him to uh, not have to worry too much about, uh, you know, keeping anything back early in, a, in an outing and he can just sort of go after an attack hitter. So um, as long as he's able to keep up enough innings so that he can go back to starting next year, I think it's a great idea. So I, I, I tried to compare it to David Price with the Rays in 08. Could you see it going that way? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was a little different situation, obviously, because uh, Price wasn't coming off a major uh, surgery. And, and so I think, you know, the uh, role was a little bit different in the sense that, you know, he could basically be who he had been before, but in a, a short-term kind of situation. And with AJ, obviously, his health is going to be the number one priority throughout the rest of the season. But uh, he has dominating stuff like that. And, you know, there's no question he could be an impact player if he's, uh, you know, hitting on all cylinders. You know, the great thing about, the postseason for someone like A.J. Puck in this role is you have a lot of time in between some games. So, you know, you can play two games and then have rest. I don't see him going back-to-back -back games, but 
I could really see him being a major factor. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it's hard to get a little, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, just because he's also never pitched in the big leagues, even though he's been talking about him for so long. But um, yeah, certainly, and he's pitched in a lot of big games. You know, Florida was great all three years that he was there. He pitched in a lot of college World Series type situations. And so um, you can't compare it to the major league playoffs, but certainly he's been under the spotlight before. When you hear the comparison to Randy Johnson, do you buy it? shorter than Randy but he's got the hair and, and he's got that kind of uh, intimidating throwing motion where you're not 100% sure I think if you're the hitter if he really knows where it's going um, which is a little unfair to him because he's actually gotten much better with his command uh, you know since turning pro but um, yeah you know he's, he, he comes down hard on the mound um, he's, he's also got a really good change up that I, I think was not quite back to where it was pre-surgery, but it, you know it will you know probably get back to him, and um, you know just all that intimidation and power is very reminiscent of the big unit. Jesus Lazardo, God, we wanted to see him so bad, and David said there, there's you know he's starting to play catch again, and then they're going to try and stretch him out. They want him to be a starter here. Do you think we will see him in 2019? You know, it's hard to say just because health is such a, a you know, an unknown factor. Um, these lat strains have come up a few times in the last few years with some of the ace pitching prospects. It was not a, an injury I was particularly familiar with before the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, guys have certainly made it back the same season from a lat strain. And if, if that's, you know, the only part of his body that was really bothering him and he can rehab it successfully, um, you know, from that standpoint, I don't see why um, he shouldn't be back. And, you know, he was really, I think that start probably would have been his last start in the minor league before coming up had he remained healthy throughout it. Um, you know, so it's, it's a shame for him because I think he's been basically a step away from the big leagues twice now this season, only to see it sort of rusted away from him. Um, but, you know, at the same time, again, like with Puck, number one, uh, you know, sort of focus is going to be his health and, and not necessarily what his role on the team would be this year because, you know, they're looking five, six years out for him in terms of the contributions he can make. But if he's healthy, there's no reason not to put him out there. We talked about Sean Manaya and it looks like his next start will be in Vegas. We've looked at some stats that didn't look so hot down in Stockton. What have you seen with him in his rehab? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's sort of hard to tell because it, it, the, it's, it, results don't always give you a good sense of a pitcher's effectiveness in those rehab starts, especially when they're coming down in the, in the Cal League. I think, um, you know, pitchers don't have the same adrenaline they normally do when they get on a big league mound. Um, and he came out of each outing feeling good, which I think was the number one thing. You know, his velo is not where it was before he started sort of seeing that drop in it the last couple of years. It's more like that 88 to 90 uh, range instead of that 92 to 94 but um, you know if he's feeling good then you know I think that's the primary thing and maybe as he moves up levels that the adrenaline kicks in and he, he starts to you know miss more barrels than he was missing in Stockton. Who are some players that you would say right now inside the organization they're blocked because of who's at the big league level and those guys always make for good trade bait? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at the Vegas roster and look down the, the position player part of that roster and pretty much almost name every single one of them at this point. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of remarkable. You know, they they've gotten a situation where they have a, a window of 
uh, you know, really strong position players that are young at the big league level and have also managed to have almost a second backup set of them at AAA, which is just a great problem to have. But it certainly is one that's bunched up. I think, you know, Jorge Mateo and, and Sheldon Noisy are both guys that, um, you know, certainly I think in other organizations would have merited a look already. Um, but they've got guys ahead of them that also, you know, obviously deserve to be there. So, um, you know, those are guys that maybe could – could be, uh, you know, discussed in a trade bait. I think, uh, you know, the entire outfield in, in Las Vegas, you know, certainly the, the Dustin Fowlers, the Nick Martinis, and the Sky Bolts are all having, you know, fantastic years and are in that sort of prime of their career kind of uh, parts, of, you know, of their development. And um, depending on what team is looking at them, I think they would certainly draw some interest as well. Um, you know, the catcher position was sort of a weakness coming into this season, and all of a sudden they've got, you know, legitimately four or five catchers they could carry on the 40-man roster, which is something you really can't do. So, um, you know, you're looking at a, a guy like Jonah Heim has really turned himself into a very legitimate candidate uh, catching prospect this year, a switch hitter, good defensive player, has, has really had the bat come on this year, a, you know, tremendous bat control, doesn't strike out very much. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's sort of blocked by uh, Sean Murphy, blocked by Bo Taylor. Um, so he could come up and trade conversations as well. And then I think about the ball, and they're using the same ball, the big league baseball that's flying out of the yard at a record pace. Same thing's happening down at AAA. So I've asked a lot of people this, and you've covered the minor leagues as well as anybody. How hard is it to judge the talent, not only offensively, but the pitchers because of this ball in AAA? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's hard. You know, the other thing to keep in mind is the Pacific Coast League has always been hard to judge both pitchers and hitters um, in terms of just raw numbers because it's not just the ball. I mean, the ballparks in the league uh, are particularly friendly to offense almost across the board, especially in the part of the Pacific Coast League that the A's are now back in being in Vegas as opposed to when they were out in Nashville. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a couple of factors there. Uh, you know, I, I actually have I, on my shelf, I had like an, an old PCL ball. I think we had picked up, you know, several years ago in Sacramento. And then we have another one, um, from this year and then they do feel different. I mean, there, there's no question that it's, it's not the same feel in your hand as, as the other ball. But then again, if it's the same ball they're using in the big leagues, you know, both the pitchers and the hitters have to get used to it. So um, I think it's probably, I don't know why they don't use the same ball at all levels. You know, that seems to me like that would be, that would be the thing that you would want, um, you know, everywhere. But, um, but in terms of numbers, I think what, what's best to do is to look at what you're comparing it to. So, you know, if you may not think, okay, well, Sheldon Noisy is going to hit 317 in the big leagues, but if he's, you know, walk rate is better than it was last year. And if he's, hitting, you know, 10% better than the league average or 20% better than the league average, it does still tell you something, even if it doesn't tell you uh, a direct correlation as to what it's going to be. Yeah, this is the first year we've really thought about it, and it's just strange. Like, wait a minute, why do you have different baseballs for different levels? It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it goes down to the same thing it goes down to in the minor leagues in most cases, which is budget, <laughs> you know. So it's probably more expensive to make the big league balls than it is to make some of the ones you've seen before, is my guess. But, uh, you know, who knows? It is kind of crazy that they don't use the same ones. Jerickson Profar is in the lineup again when we thought it would be Franklin Barreto, but he keeps hitting home runs. So Franklin Barreto, you've watched him. Would you buy stock in Franklin Barreto as a long-term Oakland athletic? 
you know, I, I've always been a huge uh, believer in Franklin. I, you know, he, I've seen him play since he was 19 years old, and um, there's very few players that really your eyes just are sort of drawn to everything they do on the field, and he's always been one of those guys, even when he was, you know, really raw in, in, in 19. So um, I think it's just a matter of time that he's going to be a really good big league player. The question is just whether it, it comes here or it comes somewhere else just by virtue of, you know, sometimes there's windows of opportunities and, and players just don't end up settling uh, with the organization that they're with. I, I think they see it too with him. I think they do like him a lot, and I think they'd like it to work out for him here. So I would imagine that he's going to get a, a good look. But, you you know, you know, in fairness to – to everyone in the situation, if a guy's hitting home runs on back-to-back days and he's got, you know, four since the all-star break, it's hard to take a, a guy like Profar out of the lineup. And, you know, Profar is another guy that at 18 years old, you couldn't take your eyes off him on the field too. So he's obviously got a lot of talent as well. Um, and, and the A's need to know if he's a guy to keep with, with the team for next year. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I do think there's still a very good chance that Barreto is, you know, a regular fixture with the A's for a while. You did a great article today in The Athletic talking about Matt Olson. And ever since his return, a lot has changed for the A's. Boy, have they gotten better. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, you you sort of know it when you're watching it. But when, um, you know, I had asked the Sports Info Solutions for, um, you know, to, to kind of crunch those numbers about his impact on the defense just the number they came up with was amazing. I mean, the, the A's were 26th in converting ground balls to outs. Um, you know, before essentially before Olsen went on the um, or came off the IL, and since then they're fourth. And um, the difference in the number of outs that they've converted is the difference between like a, a two six, I think it was a two sixty or three hundred hitter, something like that. I mean, it's a huge difference. And, and obviously the pitching's gotten much better since he's gotten back. The lineup gets lengthened because of all the pitches that he sees. The power thread is always you know always there, and the fact that he's just so consistent in terms of his reliability, especially at first base, I think just sort of brings, you know, a whole team together like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who probably doesn't get as much ink as, as he should in terms of the impact that he has. Okay, let's end on this. I want you to give me a guy that's not a household name as an A's product, but you see as the old diamond in the rough. Oh, that's a good one. Um you know, he, he's hurt right now, but uh, a, a pitcher I really like is Gus Varland down at, at the Cal League level in Stockton. Um, I think he's one of those guys that is sort of that number three starter that kind of comes in and, and gives you those long innings and, and um, you know, is, is sort of just that glue that brings a rotation together. I mean, hopefully his, his health, um, you know, will allow him to, to realize that potential, but he's a big strike thrower, has a nice uh, array of pitches, and, and I really like him a lot. Good stuff, Melissa. We'll have you on again soon. Be well. Okay, thank you so much, Chris. Melissa Lockhart from The Athletic. And, yeah, how about this? Matt Olson has homered 20 times in 64 games, once every 11.79 at-bats. And then you think about what he does defensively. It's pretty, pretty, it's pretty special. Since Olsen became an everyday player in August of 2017, the A's are 158 and 104. 158 and 104. He means a lot to this team. There's absolutely no question about it. Coming up next, 
We've heard the rant from Aaron Boone, but we have two other rants that we have to play you. It's basically manager against umpire, and these are two of the classic rants in the history of Major League Baseball. We're here at the Athletic Club in Oakland. Come down and see us. We're having a watch party. We're watching the A's and the Twins all the way through the post-game show right here on A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's stomping ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. The memories are still fresh. The New York Yankees have won the 2018 wildcard game, an abrupt end to a remarkable season for the Oakland Athletics. Revenge is on the mind. Chris Davis has done it again. The A's look to avenge their postseason elimination at the hands of the Yankees. The series starts Tuesday, August 20th. Grab your tickets today at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com slash premium today. 
streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. That's right, we're in the heart of the East Bay. The Athletic Club in Oakland, a little watch party. Come down and see us as soon as you get off work. Get off early. You have my permission. Tell your boss. Townie says you can get off work early. It's Friday. Nobody accomplishes anything between 4 and 5 o'clock on a Friday. No. You're making your plans for the weekend. You've che- you checked out. Let's be honest. You checked out like two, three hours ago, if not even before you got to work today. Just tell your boss, hey, we're going to the, L- the, uh, the athletic club. We're out of here. Yeah, go and read. If you don't have the athletic, I understand. But if you do, go read Melissa's article. It is really, really good. And Matt Olson to me is one of the guys that, you know, if we're talking extensions of a guy that's got to be extended, he's on that short list. Because you talk about his ability as a fielder, and a premier power hitter, he needs, a, he needs to be here long term. And I still think a couple of years ago, the way he grew in front of our eyes as one of those guys that was constantly being shipped back and forth from Nashville, and that can crush people like we've seen with Franklin Barreto, the fact that that didn't crush him only made him stronger. See, some guys, it makes you stronger. Some guys, it breaks you down. It didn't break him down. It made him a better player. It made him who he is today. I had a great conversation with him about it in uh, Tokyo because he was my pregame guest for the, the last game in Tokyo. And, of course, he broke the hammate bone in that game, and you're like, uh, the pregame jinx. <laughs> you never want to have the pregame jinx. All right, this is classic. So Aaron Boone... I would say is going to go down as one of the best manager, umpire, going after each other just because of sa- my guys are effing savages in the effing bot. You know, the my guys are savages. They're going to start making T-shirts. They're going to make hats. They're going to do all kinds of things. And that's why we said earlier today, Aaron Boone Bear copyright that because I guarantee you, The Yankees are going to do everything they can to make money off of that. And you know what? Oh, trademark, trademark, trademark it. Copyright it, trademark it, whatever you need to do. Make sure it happens. Am I right? Or it's trademark or copyright? You think it's copyright? Whatever it is he needs to do, he needs to get that. My guys are effing savages. I love it. All right, here we go. Hey, are these back to back? Or are they individual? They're all together. Okay. The first one is Earl Weaver, who Earl Weaver is just one of the angriest guys ever in the history of baseball, the Hall of Fame manager of the Baltimore Orioles, one of the great managers of all time. And then the other one is Terry Collins with the Mets. These are two of the best confrontations between an umpire and a manager. Earl Weaver against Bill Howell, or at least a part of it. Give a listen. Listen to him, Eddie. Howell, that's bull. Behind a rubber. Oh, bull. Yourself. You're here, and your crew is here just to us. Yeah. Boom. Let's go. Get 
You run yourself. You hit me. Yeah, cause you put your finger on me. I'm glad you hit me. That's right. You're here for one goddamn specific reason. What's that, Earl? Jeff, God. Ah, you're full of goddamn years and years. And don't you ever put your finger on me. You hit me, Earl. You put your finger on me. That's okay. And then a few years ago, Mets manager Terry Collins with Tom Hallion. Give a listen. Take him, take him, take him, take him. Terry, 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 get a handle. Come on, let's go. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Then you talk to me about that. Okay. You got to give us a shot. You know what? You got to give us a shot. Okay, listen to me and let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Why do Okay, that, that I, I can't control that, Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I You know where I stand on the whole fucking situation. That, but that's... But, but that's you're a, better than that, Tommy. No, you no, know that. Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay? That's I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's simply old men yelling at each other. It's a bunch of old men yelling at each other. It's funny. And it was the way the game was played. I mean, you think of, God, Lou Pinnell all the years, throwing the bases and going nuts. You know, there's just been some guys that would just go absolutely. Hal McRae, guys that would just go ballistic. That's going out of the game. We don't see that. You don't see it often. Well, because replay, once you do replay, I mean, we actually saw it the other day with Bob Melvin where – Replay went against the A's, but the umpires on the field knew that they got it wrong back in New York. And so the one umpire said, hey, the re-, and Melvin came out to argue. Immediately he is supposed to be ejected. The minute you argue after a call has been made by instant replay, if you come out and argue, you're supposed to be ejected. And the umpire said to Bob, Bob, this is the reason you're not getting ejected because I agree with you. And that's when Bob had to go, okay, I got you. And then he went in the dugout. But can you imagine those old guys? And now, and then the umpires, now umpires for the most part, they're instructed just to wear it. You know, you go back to that time, that's when the National League was different than the American League. Remember, there was a commissioner of baseball. Then there was a commissioner of the American League. There was a commissioner of the National League. The leagues were totally separate. And you didn't have umpires umping. You were either an American League umpire or a National League umpire. And the fact that the umpire would be throwing curse words back at the manager just shows you how different the game has changed. Because if you had a, can you imagine a man? Let's say Aaron Boone, Brendan Miller. It's Brendan Miller, right? Who was the rookie umpire? Brendan Miller. Let me check, 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 check. Yeah, Brendan Miller. Let's say Brendan Miller. Just start firing back at Aaron Boone yesterday. What would have happened? Now, a lot of the times what you see is umpires just wear it. But that is going to be one of the best rants. That's not Earl Weaver-ish. My favorite part of the whole rant by Aaron Boone is when he goes, I feel bad for you. <laughs> when he's talking about bad he is. He's dog-cussing him, and in the middle of dog-cussing, he goes, I feel bad for you. But... 
effing get better. Coming up next, we will end the show with buying or selling here at the Athletic Club in Oakland. You're listening to A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballparkapp. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's stomping ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. This summer, our hats are off for you, A's fans. Grab 15 of your closest family members, friends, or co-workers and make memories at the ballpark with our new Hats Off group package. Groups purchasing 15 or more tickets in the lower level will receive a free exclusive A's cap featuring our popular spring training elephant logo. Select games and restrictions apply. Visit athletics.com slash hats off for more information. That's athletics.com slash hats off. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. It's time for buying or selling. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Downey, it's good to see you instead of uh, through a computer screen yesterday. Millennial technology, pretty incredible, right? Well, it's been said that there's people in the office that, that that want more of you on the air, so here it is. I had to puff my chest a little bit to you this morning. That's the only way to stay on top of it with you. And, and that chicken sandwich comment, I, I mean, you should look at the plate of wings you have in front of you. You devoured those. By the way, I'm stuffed. I was like, I was like, I was like thinking about, 
I'm going to want to try this. I'm Because like, usually they give you six chicken wings. I mean, they really gave you like a double order here. It's amazing. You know what? When you come to the athletic club, you do not get cheated. You said the word savage a million times in today's show. That plate right there, savage. Effing savage? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Today's buying or selling. Three questions for you. The first one, buying or selling that in lieu of us being at the athletic club today, buying or selling that you, Chris Townsend, will consume more adult beverages today than the twin score runs today. What time is it? Four o'clock? I haven't had one since I, you know what? You're right about that. How is that possible? I've been <laughs> here for three hours and haven't had a beer. This is, this is very tough working conditions. I might pull out my contract. I don't know if I can work under these conditions. You go from working in a garage to a closet to this big open space with food, and now you're complaining? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to go me versus the twins today. Yeah. Chris Bassett on the mound. Yep. And I'm going to be here till what, nine? I got like, I probably got about another six hours here. Yep. I think I'm going to go the over. All right. Okay. Fair. With all this animated strike zone talk, buying or selling that when the robo-umps are implemented into Major League Baseball, it will be well-received by Major League Baseball's fan base. I'm buying. I think they're going to realize, because here's what you're going to do from a business standpoint, is you're going to end up throwing the umpires under the bus. And that's how you're going to show. Why are we changing? Well, let me show you. And I guarantee they have all kinds of statistics that are going to show all the different pitches that are missed and how they're not going to be missed anymore. Because what happens when you make a change? You have to justify the change. How do you justify the change? You're going to say, these guys aren't that great. Even though we've been telling you all these years these guys are great, I bet they have statistics, they have stuff. Like last night, they have the umpire, the rookie umpire for New York. What happened after Aaron Boone chewed him out? His strike zone changed. They can prove this kind of stuff. So I'm buying. Okay. Are you, what, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, th I think fans will like it. I think replay overall has been well-received, other than when they mess it up. But I think it's going to be kind of the same trend with that. Uh, last question really quick. I think we'll actually disagree on this. But buying or selling that the automated strike zone will be more beneficial for batters than it will be for pitchers? That it'll be better for batters? Yeah. Uh, I'm selling that. Okay. I think it's going to be better for pitchers. I think it's going to be better for batters, and for this reason only, mainly for like pitchers like Kyle Hendricks, somebody that nibbles on the outside corner and aggressively throughout the game gets his strikes down a little bit bigger and bigger. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.